Hey, kid, your pig looks delicious. Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Sunday, August 12, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, Episode 434. This is No Agenda. Right in front of Dottie Mae and at the bottom of the bogus basin from Gitmo Nation, Potato, Boise, Idaho. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where I can hear the music, but I can barely hear Adam Curry, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Lott Buzzkill in the morning. Do you need more of me, John? Do you need more? I need more of you unless, yeah, because yeah. the How, sound is that? drowning How, you out. How's that? Do you have more of me now? Is this better? Well, I did. It's, 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 it's relative. That's the problem. Oh, really? Oh. Because, you know, if you play some music and then try to talk under it, I can see if it's... it's uh, okay. Well, hold on a second. Let's uh, try this. Do you hear me while I'm talking over this? <laughs> no, I can't hear a word you said. Not important. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, John, uh, here in Boise, Idaho. That is the oh. proper pronunciation, by the way. Boise? Boise, yes. So you pronounce it kind with, of an with, S, a, with an S. A lilt? With an Boy- S. Boise? Boise. If you say oh, Bo- you mean as opposed to Boise. If you say Boise here, you're a yeah, douchebag. Then, you then you're a douchebag. Boise. Boise. I mean Boise. Boise. <laughs> We're doing theater in Boise. Exactly. So really, we, it's Boise. It's Boise. Yeah, no. I, uh, I, I learned this at our meetup. Yeah, they all were condemning you for saying it wrong. <laughs> they were looking at me like, idiot. Not Boise. Not Boise. Not Boise. Yeah. So, but but it, you know, you kind of got to say it the way they talk here. So it's like uh, uh, Boise. <laughs> There's a lot of m- mumbling. <laughs> they mumble. Going. They mumble in Boise. <laughs> uh-huh. I've been reliably informed. In the morning to you, John C. Dvorak. In the morning to you, uh, Adam Curry. In the morning to all ships and sea, boots on the ground, subs in the water, and feet in the air. Yes, and uh, uh, people jumping from uh, from planes here in Boise. Actually, I'm in uh, at Caldwell Airport. Uh, just You're at, at the airport? I'm at the airport. I'm on. Um, I'm right in front of the hangar. Uh, uh, our associate executive producer, who has been uh, putting us up uh, for the past two days here, is Chris Brashears, not an unknown entity to the show. And uh, uh, Chris has kindly taken us in, and uh, in order to keep me as cool as possible, uh, we have set up the sin bin in front of his brother's uh, aircraft hangar, and he um, he has a, a little company here called Vintage Airframes, and he restores uh, warbirds. Ooh. Yes, and so right behind me in the hangar is uh, Dottie May. Uh, Dottie May, very famous uh, P-47 aircraft. In fact, if you go to DottieMay.Curry.com, D-O-T-T-I-E-M-A-Y, DottieMay.Curry.com, uh, you'll see a web page there uh, about this uh, aircraft, which he's restoring uh, to its uh, original flying status. The whole story behind this aircraft it was the last one to fly over Europe, I think, uh, on the day of the uh, of liberation and, uh, and the pilot was like doing low something low over the lake, and uh, crash landed into the lake. And it was at the bottom of this lake for I don't know forty years or something. It, it was in the news like uh, five or six years amazing ago. We won that war. Uh, sorry, it's amazing we won that war. Goofballs. <laughs> By the way, it should be M A E, but I misspelled it. So just go to M A Y. My mistake. Uh. 
And uh, but the cool thing is, is uh, Chris's brother Mike. He has the, one of these swamp coolers for the hangar. Yeah, which, which they is, are. We have one in the house. Not this one. This thing is six feet tall. Well, that's a little bigger than ours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's huge. And so you hook up a hose, and then it basically blows really cool air. And I've got the uh, the the side. Is it hot in Boise? It's very hot in Boise. It can get up to a hundred plus degrees, and it's very smoky in Boise. Oh, really? Yeah. From what? From what? From the fires, dude. What fires? Oh, shoot. You're already... Is Idaho on fire? Yes. Idaho is on fire, and you are on helium. Yeah. Well, you sent me to this website, and it's got a lot of... uh, (laughs) A lot of of, uh, animated uh, stuff. Yeah. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. (laughs) I don't know why you keep doing that, and then I end up like this, and we have to to reconnect. Maybe if you'd update your Skype or something. I think it's time. Uh, I don't want to update the Skype. All right. I'm going to call you back. I hate that stupid Skype. Uh, he's got to update the Skype, man. I'll make it so much better. Let's see if this works. Hello? Is this any good? Okay, yeah, you're good. It was breaking up. The ringtones was breaking up. Try it again. No, no, it's good. It's good. It's good. Don't hang up. Don't hang He hung up. <laughs> Don't do that. It takes a second, man. Uh, he's such a connoisseur of Is it any better? Yeah, it's good. Don't hang up. Give give it a second to to adjust. No, no, it was all it was not ringing right even. Oh, okay. Yeah, you you're okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so when we drove up from um where were we? We uh we drove from we drove past we were in Layton. That's it. We were in Layton uh, just above Salt Lake City and then uh on it, we stopped halfway, well, not a little more than halfway, in Twin Falls, Idaho, uh, for a for a sleepover at a Koa campground, and uh, all the the entire drive, we just saw nothing but black smoke. I mean, the hills are alive with fire in Idaho. Black smoke? Yes, black smoke. What are they burning tires? No, it's black smoke, and and we could see the fires all around in the hills. It's pretty bad, actually. Global warming, my friend. Yes, of course. Of course it is. So we stopped in Twin Falls, Idaho, very famous for its uh, one fall. <laughs> it's one waterfall. It used to be two waterfalls, but they... Yeah, we went there once, and they had they had a sign by the other waterfall saying, we've shut this waterfall down. Yeah, they there shut it down. There apparently is a valve someplace. <laughs> yeah. They shut down one of the Twin Falls, so it should be fall. Just one fall, Idaho. But, of course, <laughs> um, they have a very famous bridge in Twin Falls, which is, uh, I think, the highest uh, bridge, that, or the only, maybe, bridge that you can uh, base jump off of in America. Yeah. So people just hop up on the bridge and jump off and, uh, and base jump down. And, um, and, of course, that is only a stone's throw from an extremely famous spot, which is where Evil Knievel did his uh, famous jump across Snake River. Oh. Yeah. And missed. He missed it. Yeah, he missed it. (laughs) But it doesn't matter because we love Evil Knievel regardless. We're Americans. Um, And so we stayed at a a Koa campground. We got to see a pretty spectacular sunset despite the smoke. Actually, it made it a little bit better, I think. And then uh, on Friday, we uh, continued the journey another two hours, I guess, up to uh, Boise, which is a very interesting town. Uh, Have you ever been in, in Boise? Yep, there's a lot of survivalists in that area, you know. Oh, this is a very, you know, it's a very interesting state. 
because it's I, I think you would classify it if you were to do a douchebag map. It's a red state, uh, but they have a lot of blue tendencies. For example, you'll be walking down, and I thought it was just a PR thing, but it turns out it's law. I was walking down the street, and I'm smoking a cigarette, and I see these signs like, children play here, don't smoke. I'm like, right. <laughs> All right, uh-huh. Shut up, slave. Okay. And then I'm walking a little further, and it's like, people meet here, don't smoke. Shut up, slave. And, uh, and, and I say to Chris, I said, wow, this, you know, who's doing this PR? He says, no, that's actually law. There are streets you can't smoke on in Boise. Huh. Yet everyone has guns and it's all cool. So it's kind of conflicted. Yeah, that is conflicted. Well, it's interesting the way some of these things, these politically correct bullcrap sneaks into the public into the public consciousness and there's not much you can do about it. No. But Even I, in Boise. It's, well, so, Actually, I have an, a general observation now that we've been on the road. We're, uh, I guess we're two-thirds of the way through our Hot Pockets 2009 tour. <laughs> And um, general observation, there, uh, you know, if you were, if you were to, uh, maybe it's in the Art of War. I don't know. I, I, it's been a while since I've read it, but I think the uh, the most surefire way to conquer your enemy is to divide and conquer. Is this in the Art of War? This uh, this strategy, divide and conquer. I don't know. I haven't read that book for thirty years. Mm. I don't have to read it. It gets read to me by various venture capitalists <laughs> in the Silicon Valley. <laughs> Um, if if this is indeed a um, uh, a strategy, it's working because my my general observation, if we as we've gone through um, a lot of these different states on the trip, is that people really do classify themselves as right or left, red or blue, Republican, Democrat, and the way they talk about the other side. Um, side A and side B equally is with disdain and fear. Yeah. And it's really, really um, disheartening. Yeah, yeah. I no, mean, it's a classic. In fact, this is the reason I had to, I played that clip a couple of shows ago with Gore Vidal saying since 1968, he made the observation that it's all the same party, yeah. which it is. Yes, thank but you. But meanwhile, you have this divide thing. That way they can do whatever they want. And But but and, but it's literally like, oh, he's a Fox News watcher. Yeah. Or yeah. or he's a uh, an MSNBC watcher, or she's this, or he's that. And I can see the conversation not taking place because of and this. You, and funny thing is, this is what gets me the most, is that they won't cross over and listen to the other side's Zero. arguments on their shows. Zero. And even worse than Zero. that, John. Zero crossover. As, as I'm listening to people. Oh, Rush Limbaugh's an idiot. You, yeah, have oh, you ever listened to Rush Limbaugh? He's anything but an idiot. It's, it's so... And even what you just said. What you just said now. Someone will say, oh my God, I can't believe it. He's a Rush Limbaugh listener. He's an idiot. Right. And it's really, and I can hear the talking points in people's, just in there, in what they're saying from both sides. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's people, there is one thing that is extremely important. You must, you must turn off your freaking television. You exactly. Are, you are being mind controlled. Turn off the radio too while you're yeah, at it. You are being mind controlled to, it is, the, it is really, it's unbelievable what has happened. Turn off your television. 
It is frightening, John. And and these are just regular people. They're not in the big, you know, the big media capitals, but they are so incredibly indoctrinated. And you're right, there's zero crossover. And we're we're gonna we're gonna we're going down this way. Well, uh, it's it's a good it's a good strategy to uh, to control the masses. Well, I mean, the Chinese use a different approach. They don't. They have one thought process, and they make everyone you know obey. But we this idea of splitting everybody into these two camps, and then then exaggerating it with these red and blue states. Yeah. And the, and ironically, giving the Republicans the red, aka communist color. <laughs> that is a kind of ironic, isn't it? <laughs> I, I love that when they did that. Who, a, I think it was CNN that's that a, came the, up with that gem. We should look at the uh, at the history of how, where that came from. Yeah, I bet you. I guarantee it's some sharp, some smart guy. This is going to be funny. Watch, watch to see if anyone notices. Watch this. They'll never figure it out. <laughs> I wish I was in that meeting. Yeah, it would have been a great meeting. And so, uh, and then the blue states, of course, are the uh, are the Democrats. And uh, and then everyone's either red or blue, and then they make a big deal out of it. Oh, the red blues, and then and they just play it, and everybody plays it this way. I mean, Fox plays red blue. Of course, Fox is, as we sur- surmise, probably a Democrat operation anyway. And uh, the CNN is the one who pushes it the most, and all the networks decided to go with it, so everyone goes with it, and now the public buys into it. It's yeah. bull crap. Yeah, but to such a degree that people actually will not even want to speak to each other. And this is the problem because you don't wake up one morning and you're blue or you're red. You know, everyone has little tendencies of blueness, redness. You know, you're all you're all over the map. You know, you're bicurious. You're just all over the map. That's what well, maybe not you, John. But you can't classify yourself that way because we will never ever figure it out ever. And it's just working. I mean, that's my that is my my general big observation from the tour. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? Would you uh, would you say were you seeing the same thing, or you noticed it less, or did you just not notice it when you took the Hot Pockets two thousand eight tour? Um, I think it's more. Uh, it is. Uh, yeah, no it, it it's gotten it's gotten much much worse. It really has. And and the, th- the well, thing- you, you don't think it's just geographical? I mean, I, in one year it couldn't have gotten that bad. You know, I I can I have literally heard people say, "Oh, I will never uh, invite a Republican to my house." <laughs> I have heard people say, "I'm more Republican than you." You know, what is this? <laughs> I mean, what 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 does that even mean? <laughs> it's. And, and that the- means there's a checklist someplace, yeah. and somebody put <laughs> the checklist together. But who was that person? But it's so incredibly wrong, you know. It's like we just have we have to stop that. We really it's must. not going to happen. No, I'm afraid you're right. You know, and and it's and it, 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 sometimes I, I I feel like we're ready for civil war. It's the blue against the reds. Another nice, interesting meme that they uh, that they use there. Yeah. So well, the r- thing is, they the blues are. Uh pretty much concentrated in high population areas and the reds are pretty much con- concentrated in the sticks but the reds probably can shoot better but in the in the civil war the original civil war in 1860 uh the south thought they were going to win because all the southerners could shoot very well and the northerners didn't know how to hold a gun and so by the t- you know so they were winning actually in the very early days of but the but the sheer numbers and the manufacturing capability and you know, some of the other stuff that the north had going finally uh won the day and then they decided to burn down Atlanta. Well, I think the, the, the bottom line uh as 4 out of 5 dentists will agree 
is, is somewhere 100 years from now, history will show that how funny was it that the American population let themselves be mind-controlled by television? Because that's what it is, John. It is television. Because and, and maybe some radio, you know, but it's really, it's just, you know, I can, I can hear the talking points coming. It's just like, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, wow, okay, I know exactly where you heard that. Over and over again. <laughs> right, I know. I do the same thing. <laughs> I hear somebody giving knee-jerk quotes that they heard on either a, a right or a left-wing show, one of the two, and I we listen to both the two of us, and to see what, they, what they're saying. And then you hear the memes being pushed out there, and you go, oh, my God, this is like a meme. Yeah. Somebody, and they, all they're doing is, is parroting it. This is what we're – one of the things we do on this show is complain about the fact that the <laughs> media in general – uh, just parrots what public relations people tell them to to parrot, and they do. Now we, the public at large is pu- is parroting some meme or other that they're being fed by one of these talk shows or something on the television. In fact, there was a great example of just that, just this, and maybe even went even a little, little bit further, a little beyond uh, just PR for companies uh, with this uh, scandal, which of course is going pretty much lightly reported. About uh, douchebag Farid Zakaria, who is who took one for the team. I'm very impressed at what he did. He uh, uh, was accused of plagiarizing an article by a journalist or a let's just say a writer for uh, the New Yorker, and it was his uh, his anti-gun rant, uh, which I don't even that might even be taken down at this point. But I but I recall reading this in Time Magazine because I subscribed to uh, a news feed. And the title of the article was the the case for gun control, and it was you know the exact it was I'm, it's like I'm reading talking points Wade Michael Page, I'm reading uh, you know what are the examples of uh, horrible atrocities James Holmes, uh, we have the Sikh uh, slaughter, and then right back to Jared Lee Loeffner. And I'm reading through this, and then, you know, there's all these statistics. I'm like, wow, okay, so where do you get these statistics from? And so it was identical parts of it to this uh, this woman's article in um, uh, in New Yorker. And it's like, and he, he uh, Zakaria says, you're right, you know, I had no time, you know, it was really bad, oh, I shouldn't please. do this. But this is not what happened. He merely was too lazy to rewrite the memo that he got. That's what happened. I was thinking that, too. Oh, no, it's so obvious. It's like, here's the memo, here's the examples, here's the statistics, go ahead and use that. And he just, you know, he was lazy and didn't rewrite it. And, of course, the woman at New Yorker didn't rewrite it either, and that's why it looks like plagiarism. But it's really just the same memo. Whoever's handing it out is irrelevant. That is what your media is today. And no one sees this. Yeah, well, Zakaria rewrites a lot of these memos, apparently, because his uh, stuff is all, you know, the, all you do is do it. You do this when you, you can do this by doing a uh, phrase search. And, of course, he was busted by a uh, somebody who ran one of these plagiarism programs that they use in colleges. Ooh. Because kids are always uh, plagiarized, or they used to. They do it less and no, less. No, now. they always do it, John. Come on. They've they, always they, done it, but I'm saying they're done. doing it. They're, they're doing a better job of it now because these plagiarism programs are, are rampant and mm-hmm. all the professors use them, especially when you got some kid who's like a, well, and I would say Zakaria would fall into this category. You know, some sort of a kind of an idiot. 
and and all of a sudden he comes out with this really nice paper that he well, he claims he put a lot of work and you run the plagiarism program and you found he lifted it from here and there and the other place. And usually they take it from a number of sources. I don't think that's – when you're a student, I don't necessarily think it's bad to cut and paste things when you're doing a lot of deep research because you're still learning and that's kind of the idea. But uh, I don't think you have to be a, a, a you know a, some sort of a fantastic essayist when you're in college. But at the same time, there, there is a rule, so the rules get broken. And, uh, you know, this guy, these guys, everyone has to be aware of these these programs that are out there to catch you doing this crap. And let me just say, as from a writer's perspective, it's not that hard to write something. The, the length of his stuff is in the six, 700-word range generally. Right. That's 45 minutes. I mean, how, what is he doing with this time? Is he going? Is he hanging around holding a glass of Chardonnay at a cocktail party showing <laughs> off? If he is, he could be writing instead. <laughs> somehow, somehow, I think you're right. By the way, here's his exact quote, which is very interesting. He issued a statement Friday saying, quote, Media reporters have pointed out that paragraphs in my time column this week bear close similarities to paragraphs in Jill Lepore's essay in the April 23rd issue of The New Yorker. They are right. I made a terrible mistake. It is a serious lapse and one that is entirely my fault. I apologize unreservedly to my editors at Time and to my readers. He does not say he copied it. He made the mistake of not rewriting the memo. He's not actually saying, I copied it. <laughs> funny, yeah, huh? That's a good catch. Yeah, it's funny. But well, he's a douchebag, that guy. I never liked him. Man, me neither. Give him a little douchebag there. So, um, back to the trip. Yes. Oh, by the way, since we were discussing the, since you're talking about television, I might as well give you. A, I, I ran into a new meme, by the way. Oh, good. What do we have? The meme is the new normal. Oh yes. Well, we we know the new normal. We've we, you've been on that. The new normal is a, is a meme going on, but now there's a show. Uh oh. On NBC coming out called the new normal, Ooh. and apparently the new normal is a gay world. And you might seriously, you might as well play this. This this has got so many. All women, women. Here's what the message is: All men are gay. Yes. All women are whores. Oh. Although this one woman sells herself sells a baby for thirty five thousand dollars, and and it's just and that's the new normal. So all men are gay. All women are whores. That's what NBC is pushing. You're born with. Nana, you're a bigot. I am extremely tolerant. When they opened that Chipotle here, I was the first of my friends to go. And there's the family you choose. Why does a seemingly sane person gestate someone else's child? I need a way to change my daughter's life. $35,000 is a huge chunk of money. And you have no problem with doing this for two men? Oh, no. A family is a family. And love is love. Now, who's going to be the bio dad? I am. This fall, the creator of Glee brings you the portrait of a family where different is the new normal. Work of a rock and at home of a rock, like what Simon and Garfunkel would refer to as an island. Are those the doctors you work with? Oh my God! This is a nightmare. No, this ain't a nightmare. Last time I checked, it was 2012. Now, why don't you take your racist mind back to the past? I feel like I just stayed a black and gay stew. Wow. Tuesdays this fall here on NBC. Oh, interesting. And in the new normal, all men are gay, women are whores, and black people talk like this. <laughs> they all talk, right? they talk amazing. like a stereotype of a black woman. Amazing. Yeah. How do they get away with this? You tell me. Oh. This is NBC, you know, the, the, the biggest supporters of the Obama administration because of the government contracts available to General Electric, obviously. Yes. 
And uh, I watched this thing with my jaw. Down. They got the, the and the you know the woman, the mom's a bigot. The daughter's got some daughter, another daughter. She's a grandma, I guess. Uh, uh, Ellen Barkin, who plays oh, just yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's a really really bad messaging <laughs> show, and it's got memes <laughs> and creepy messages. It's just like oh man, it's astonishing that, that this would get on something there. else we have to watch this fall. Uh, I don't know if I'm – it sounds so – I doubt it's going to catch on. You know, the Glee guys have got on a roll because they're singing and dancing. Uh-huh. I think your well, theory I, is correct. You're the one that brought this up. I like the singing and dancing shows. Glee is a hit because it's essentially a musical, and yeah. so singing and dancing is gay. Mm-hmm. But this is just gay. <laughs> Hold on. Singing and dancing is not necessarily gay. <laughs> <I> can, <laughs> no, I, I said it's singing and dancing and it's gay, oh, the okay. show. Okay. Well, listen, by Curious Mail, I'm very, uh, very excited about uh, this new normal. Where do I fit in on the spectrum of normal? Almost no, normal? No, abnormal. So um, uh, some inter- So we had a meetup in, uh, in Idaho in the Basque neighborhood. Apparently, there's a lot of Basques in, Bo- wow. in Boise. Yes, Basques. In Boise? There's in Boise, Basques? There's Basques in Boise. And this and this is because of the of course they you know in Boise you can uh, get five acres for you know next to nothing, and so they kind of migrated here and they've uh, you know the, the the Basques I guess like to that have must mean there's livestock. some good eating around. Here. We had a fantastic dinner at the meetup at uh, Lu- what's the name of it Lu- uh, Luca Ona Luket Ona I think it was, and I had tripe for the first time in my life. And I really liked it until uh, one of our producers who was at the table explained to me what tripe is. Which is essentially the stomach or the stuff that keeps the, the guts of the cow it's usually the together. intestines. Yeah, well, it, it's like a honeycomb kind of texture. Yes, yeah, the intestinal uh, yeah. And I was Only like, the French, I, I went out of my way, to, not to upstage this story, mm. but I went out of my way, I went, years, I said, you know, people eat tripe and like it. Yeah. Why? So I went and spent, I don't know, years, literally, every once in a while I'd go to some place and like in San Francisco, I remember having tripe soup in an Italian restaurant. Mm. Couldn't, couldn't swallow it. I went on and I said, this is crazy. This stuff's terrible. And so then I finally, one year I was in Paris and I went to this one-star restaurant that specialized in a dish called andouillette. And though, that is essentially tripe stuffed with tripe and deep fat fried. Oh, interesting. After being treated or something. And I, two things I realized. One, it was really good. Yeah. And two, it tasted like a hot dog. <laughs> okay. I don't care what these sausage guys say. No, we don't have any tripe in our hot dogs. Bull crap. Um, I had more like a tripe stew with some, uh, it had, uh, I think it had okra in there for some reason. Because yeah. <laughs> they, okra. Yeah, too. That's more disgusting than tripe. It was, but it was really good. The taste was outstanding of the tripe. Uh, the texture is just not really appealing when you're chewing on it. You like it's kind of like like you're chewing on a condom, kind of you're like. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's not the case with andouillette. They're, they have a they 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 almost crunchy. Oh no no, this was not cr- this was far from crunchy. So I was okay until it was like, oh, it's just guts. I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> I didn't like the bowl of guts we fed you, kid. Hey, dude, thanks, man. Um, so we had actually this was a big night and dame fest we had uh, I think three nights and a dame at this meetup in Boise Wow! 
And uh, uh, here's a name for you, Sir A.J. Reistat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he was there. Um, and uh, Sir Russell Williams, I don't know if Miss Mickey has put the picture up yet. He brought me a knighting sword. But, I mean, I kid you not, a four-foot sword. So you're driving around the, the, the trail with a sword in your you're carrying it. Yes, you're carrying an unregistered sword. Yes, and it's sharp, and and it has a sheath, and it's, it's but it's like a, it's you know it, the thing must weigh five pounds. It's uh it, it's it's the most beautiful sword, and of course I had to reunite everybody with the sword. Ah. <laughs> we Can took you the, reunite us, please. It was with great. The real sword. It was great. <laughs> it was really. I don't really think fun. the queen reunites people, but okay. Well, it's just for prosperity, you know. Just so you have the, uh, just so you have for the picture. Posterity or for prosperity? Yeah, those. You have the picture, so you have a picture of the night. And it's weird when, when like a dude kneels down before you. <laughs> the queen must have a hard time with that. People, don't, it's like I don't think the queen has a hard time with that at all. Oh well, for me it was like whoa. So we, uh, so we will of course uh, thank our uh, our Boise producers. Uh, later on during uh, during the donation segment, but it was really great. I learned a couple things, John. I learned uh, number one, I learned uh, it is very hard to get an Idaho potato in Idaho. Well, that's weird because when I was in Idaho, we went to a a, a roadside stand uh-huh. that had Idaho potatoes, and the thing that was noteworthy to me was that the potatoes were so enormous that I have never seen potatoes this big. And I realized that probably these monster potatoes in Idaho were, stay in Idaho. Well, no, exactly the opposite, because they make so much more money exporting the Idaho potato that uh, they don't even... It's, it's the, Restaurants have to go out of state to buy Idaho potatoes. Well, this is this has changed since I was in Idaho. Yeah, uh, and onions, which was, which as well. was about ten years ago. Right, and uh, well, okay, so I, it may have changed since then, but uh, that is the general the general consensus. Oh no, you can't get an Idaho potato. But some restaurants will say, "Oh yes, it's abs- it's an Idaho potato," but they go out of state to buy it. Huh. How nuts is that? And uh, it's it's I have to say it is very beautiful here. The the mountains when you can see them when there's no uh, when the smoke isn't uh, obscuring the view, which has pretty much been constant. It is extremely beautiful here. It's a very small city. It's only two hundred and fifty thousand people, I think, that live uh-huh. in in Boise. Uh, and the vibe during the day is like you know it's very quiet, laid back. Then at night, of course, this is a college town. Everyone's hammered. They're just they're hammered. They're falling out of bars. There's trannies roaming the streets. It's pretty interesting for a red state. Very interesting. Um, so anyway, so we do have uh, Chris Bashirs as our associate executive producer. His lovely wife, uh, of course, uh, has also uh, <laughs> has also uh, put up with us. Lori is really taking good care of us. Chris, it's great to stay with Chris. He has a, a huge uh, uh, guest bedroom with a really big bed, which is nice. He also has, I think, six or seven pinball machines that he's restored. Oh, nice. Yeah. And, of course, you know, no money in the machine. Just hit the red button. And it's it's been great. And he has them cranked up really loud, so the ones that are supposed to vibrate and send subsonic tones really do it. Um, you're a pinball guy, right? You've been to the Pinball Museum, I think, in Vegas? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> of course, as one does. 
I love pinball machines. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's been great. It's uh, it's kind of like a it feels a little bit like it could be kind of Austin-y, if you will. A little like Austin, a little like Seattle. You know, these three. Yeah, I'm sure this. Yeah. There's some crossover there. Well, <clears throat> what's the capital of Idaho? Is it Boise? It is Boise. Yes. I so it is a capital city. <clears throat> yes. I've got to call you Boise State, I guess, is the big school there. Yes, they have the uh, the Boise Broncos, of course, who are... Uh, right, one of the great yeah. football teams. Well, apparently no one gave a crap about them until they started to get good. Then everyone's like, yeah, man. Yeah, no, that's typical. <laughs> typical. That's typical. That's the American way. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Nothing wrong with that. You I suck, think that's man. The way to go, by you the way. suck. And then when they start winning, oh, I've always been a fan. I've always been a fan. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've always been a big supporter. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm a huge uh, uh, idealist as a fair weather f- fan. I think it's a way to go. Uh-huh. Why would you root? I've said this before. I'll say it again. Why would you root for a bunch of losers? Yeah. And the second thing is, is that they've done studies, and if you root for a team. And you're really into it, and they they lose, and they, the the team has an emotional letdown. The fans have the exact same emotional letdown, and when they win, they get a boost of adrenaline. The fans get the same boost of adrenaline. So why are you rooting for a losing cause? Find the winning team and just root for them. It's good for the health. <laughs> it's part of your healthy news diet. Very good. So we let me. We might as well mention our one lone executive producer. This was a very grim week. Yeah, and, uh, and I don't get it because you sent out a great newsletter with some really good analysis. It was classic John C. Dvorak stuff that normally would go right, into, it, a, into, a, it, into a publication. Wouldn't well, you say? there's that, but the the newsletter that was went, went on Wednesday, the normal newsletter, was uh, got no interest. <laughs> now, this is, of course, August, and, of course, the French are on completely – they're gone. Yeah. And our, so, one, our, I, one I how, our one French guy, our one French listener is gone. I'm just, I'm thinking that may, I think August may be our vacation month, mm. even though we don't talk much about. Right. Uh, so I think everyone's just. I don't know if anyone's even listening to the show. Well, I think Chris and his brother are in the hangar. Well, but they might, be. they might not. Eat. They may be cutting metal. They're like, ah, screw that curry. It's <laughs> stupid. <laughs> what they say? I don't know. Uh, it gives a crap. Yeah. <laughs> Those Republicans. So let's. Uh, <laughs> Let's uh, thank our one executive producer, Sir Scott Hankel. Oh, very nice. He came Sunland, in. California, who gave us a 434. Oh, that, so he's also a 434 club member. We haven't had that yeah, in a while. Yeah, that's great. I'd like to get some good luck karma. Shout out to my wife uh, and I in hopes of finally closing escrow on a home purchase. Also, uh, keep up the good work on the best podcast in the universe. You've got... I would also like to thank uh, Tice Browers for the art on the previous uh, episode four three three, and I, you know before because we're just because we're talking about the newsletter. I wanted to say something nice about you, which I found out here in Boise. Oh, and people should know this about JCD, huh? So I probably have, false information. Could, but go ahead. Could be. So. Um, you sent out a newsletter a couple uh, weeks ago where after a lot of back and forth, uh, you still misspelled Miss Mickey's name. And you spelled it with an E instead of M-I-C-K-Y. Yeah. And, right. and you said, oh, no, I'm, I'm an idiot. My fault. My fault. Well, as it turns out, ladies and gentlemen, your buzzkill was actually protecting someone. Okie dokie. 
you're aware of this, John? No. So uh, Shana, who corrects the newsletters. Oh, yeah, Shana. <laughs> who carries around her, my head on a stick, apparently. Yes. She's here in Boise, and she said, you know, please stop, stop riding John so hard because... You know, I actually messed up the change in the newsletter, and it's my fault, but he's been protecting me. And I was like, ah, I'm a chivalrous guy. You are, I, John. I can't pronounce it, but I can say Yeah, it. you are. You're a very nice guy. You know, un- unlike what four out of five dentists think, you're actually a nice guy. I was like, wow. So that's pretty cool. I'll give you a little in the morning in for that. In the morning. That was very nice of you. I know it's hard. It's hard, isn't it, to accept something nice about I, you? Yeah, I, I appreciate the, uh, the the idea. <laughs> All right. So uh, clearly, we do need a little more support, um, uh, particularly because your your donations are literally keeping the show on the road. As Hot Pocket still has uh, at least ten days left to roll. I think. What are we today? What is the twelfth? Nine days. Nine more days. We're going to go um, after Boise. We are going down to Salt Lake City. There's a huge meetup. Uh, taking place in Salt Lake City. Did you already go through Salt Lake City? No, we passed by it. We stayed at Layton. So, you know, we were up to Boise, and now we're going to swing around, and we're going to be doing a meetup on uh, Monday, 6 p.m., at Justin Peck's home. Apparently, he has some land there in uh, Salt Lake City. And uh, and so it's going to be on his uh, on his homestead, and you can find uh, that at uh, itm.im slash tour09. Uh, there's plenty of ways to find it. Also, follow Ms. Mickey's uh, Twitter thing, and you'll uh, you'll find out about that. Um, and then from there, we're going to go rushing back down, I guess, somehow to New Mexico and then across to uh, Austin. So your your uh, your support for our Value for Value program is highly appreciated. Dvorak.org. Slash N-A. Just want to make sure that's programmed into your brain. So next time you're looking at your PayPal account thinking, hey, isn't that funny? My subscription ended, which we don't remind people about enough. I'm looking at the old, you know, we cut off the old, we moved all our uh, PayPal accounts to the No Agenda Show account, yeah. even though it started in my personal, or not a personal, but a business account I had, and I couldn't sustain it there. So, what, so the it's two years. Account? <laughs> it's two years out of date now. The the old ones, right? So yeah. the, the the PayPal uh, uh, subscriptions, the subscriptions that were going in there are just slowly fading because of the you know the people. They, everyone gets a new credit card every couple of years, and they never renew the subscription. And PayPal just kills it. The account. So we're down to like we're making an attic. <laughs> I might as well just close it. It's doing like one hundred and fifty dollars a month. Uh, I wouldn't close it for that. That's in uh, two years. It's oh, that's dropped uh, from like a good, you know, thousand or two things, whatever it is. It's it's, it's almost dead. It's, wow. it, within two years, everything dies. It's amazing. Mm. So that's why we, by the way, people say, "Why are you always asking for money? Asking for help? Asking for donations and contributions?" Well, yeah, yeah, it's what we, that's we how, don't that's do how we live. <laughs> there's nothing come, There will be nothing coming in within no time at all. Yeah. So, and the summer's no much, not much fun. No, the summer is uh, is definitely not helping. But okay, with the hot pockets tour continues to roll, I will say that. Uh, um, Despite the donations, it is extremely satisfying to meet everybody. Uh, and I still miss you very, very much out here on the road. Well, you got my head on a stick. Yeah. You might want to play. Here's a clip. 
Wait, let me just uh, let me just give the uh, the slaves a couple of a uh, couple of pointers here. One, uh, human resources. Uh, we appreciate your donations. Uh, for those of you who have a credit, it's an official one. Uh, I know Chris Bashirs has an IMDb. He's going to put his associate uh, executive producership into his IMDb. Unlike the phonies in Hollywood, we'll, we will, of course, vouch for you if someone ever questions you being a producer in some form of the best podcast in the universe. And, of course, you can always do something very important, which is go out and propagate our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. So I'm going to try something new. I'm going to do a, a teaser for a story that will show up later in the show. Ooh, oh, you're, you're going mainstream on me. Machete Redux. <laughs> Hold on a second. Let me. <laughs> All right. Machete Redux it is. Where do you even get a machete after UCW Jensen? Where do you get a machete? That's the that's the that's tease, the tease right? that's the tease. Well, I mean, I'm gonna have to get. It's gonna take me a while to get the to get the production value. Is that out. that comedian? That's a comedian, yeah, isn't that's it? That's Nancy Grace. Oh yeah, that comedian. Exactly. Yeah, the comedian Nancy <laughs> Grace. through her nose because apparently she's got uh, some uh, some uh, some the, the, obstruction the, in her uh, the in her nasal passage. <laughs> the comedian Nancy Grace. Exactly. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Let me just, uh, I, I, I had a, l- a little time to do some digging. Um, and first of all, uh, of course, you even put this in the newsletter. Uh, another no, ag- no agenda red book prediction comes true. Uh, it is now painfully obvious that neither the Democratic or the Republican Party, both the same guys, of course, actually want to win the presidency and run the country during the next four years of Armageddon that we are facing. And, and can I explain a little bit of the reason? Yes, please uh, do. And by and I think people should when they read that the newsletter we sent out or the second of the essay which talks about Rubio. I think that was pretty interesting. But anyway, they uh, there will be. I mean, there this cycle that I talk about constantly. I harp on it. Of course, I haven't produced my little essay or book. Or it's actually going to be a book of a, a monograph. No, no, no. Stop. Stop promising. Okay, okay. Whatever the case is, there's all there's going to be a huge dislocation of the economy right after this election, no yes. matter who's in. Yes. And so they either side really wants to be in. Obama will be in. He'll take the hit. He'll take one for the team. But then the Democrats are going to have take. It's going to take them forever to get back in because what's going to happen is the uh, there, you have an up cycle in, in around the 2016 2017 era. And then you have a, a, a reset of the entire economy in 2020, plus possibly a war. And, <laughs> Wait, and and so, a civil war? No, well, maybe it's going to be. Yeah, Could civil be. war in Europe. Oh, yeah. Well, obviously, but I mean, here, I doubt it. So anyway, the uh, so you're going to have this, uh, this this dislocation, and so the Republicans will get in in time for the mini boom that takes place, and then they'll be in, they get reelected, hopefully, because it's pretty hard to apparently unseat anybody and then they'll go into the uh into that next uh, the reset of the economy and then it'll be so good for everyone that they'll they'll just the republicans won't be able to get out i mean they'll keep voting them in until we have another situation with a george bush showing up and uh, but whatever the case uh who, who, i think who they're apparently trying was... to throw the election yeah and so the paul ryan choice as a uh, vice presidential 
nominee candidate uh, is to throw the election. He's a dud. I mean, he's one of these guys. I mean, he's a he is like a he's a dud. He's a he's a nameless, faceless. Yeah, he's the guy that did the uh, budget, uh, the Senate budget. Well, hold hold on. Let me let me remind you of Paul Ryan for all you Republicans out there. Here's Paul Ryan begging for yielding. I want to thank our distinguished ranking member of the Financial Services Committee for all his work he's done this week. A lot of us have lost a lot of sleep. A lot of us have looked at this situation. Whoa. When Secretary Paulson came to us about a week ago, he gave us a three-page bill. He's, by the way, he's trying to do a Kennedy here. Kind of when it, Secretary hey. Paulson came here. He gave us a three-page bill. That said, give me a blank checkbook and put $700 billion in it. I was offended at that time. Uh-huh. And so what happened since then? We added 107 pages of taxpayer protection to that bill. Protection. Really? Yeah, protection. This is really? him, this is him begging for tart. But listen listen to the bull crap that he's spouting versus what actually happened. We understand the gravity of this situation. Yes. And we worked with our colleagues on the other side to make this bill a better bill. We made sure that there's upside for the taxpayers so that when this happens, when profits come to these companies, we get their stock warrants, so the first person in line to get those profits is the American taxpayer so they can get their money back. Have you gotten your check yet, John? Have you uh, have you seen your check? No, I understand they're going to raise taxes. Oh. <laughs> we made sure that there's an insurance program that makes sure that Washington, that Wall Street shares in the cost of this recovery plan. Wow! Did you hear that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Did I hear the flub? Oh yeah. Yeah, Washington. I mean Wall Street. I mean yeah. Washington. I don't know what I'm saying. And we also made sure that the executives of these companies that made these bad bets. Don't profit from this rescue recovery plan. <laughs> How'd that work out with all those you bonuses? You like the bankers? Yeah, those guys. They cleaned up and gave themselves <laughs> huge bonuses. Thanks, Paul Ryan. We cut the initial cost in half of this bill. Congress will have to approve the second half of this next year. Mm. Why did we do all of this? Because we're on the take and corrupt? Because this Wall Street crisis, crisis is quickly becoming a Main Street crisis. Talking point. It's quickly becoming a banking crisis. Yes. What does that mean? What does it mean, John? What does the bank... That means bankers make out like crazy, unemployment stays high, we'd spiral, the municipal bond market is falling apart, which is the real problem, by the way. But uh, back in the day, Paul Ryan, the... The genius who will be vice president uh, said this. Why does that matter to us? Why does that matter to Janesville, Wisconsin? If it goes the way it could go, that means credit shuts down. Yeah, that's pretty much happened. Businesses can't get money to pay their payroll, to pay their employees. That has pretty much happened. Students can't get student loans for next semester. I would say that's right on the money. People can't get car loans. Yes, Seniors may not have access to their savings. And we don't need them anyway. Are we standing at the edge of this abyss? Yeah, no, we're in it, (laughs) dude. Good job, Paul Ryan. Good job begging for TARP money, which literally went to the banker bonuses. And it went to their bonuses in their pockets. If they would have given that money to the public to pay off the bank loans, the bankers would have still gotten the money in a legitimate way, and everybody would be happy. And then the real estate would be booming and everything would be working out. 
Although you can't do that because if you do something like that, it's okay. Welfare for the uh, for the uh, rich and and free enterprise for the poor. So you can give the money to the bankers. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Sure. Just give them the money. Let them put it in their pocket. But you can't give it to the public because that's socialism. So um, I I think Paul Ryan, if anyone knows him from back in the, I bet you he was in in school. He had a big key ring with a whole bunch of keys jingling, <laughs> walking around like I'm Paul. Yeah, so, well, uh, if he was in the newer generation, he'd probably have he'd be one of those guys who has a chain on his wallet. Yeah, These guys that, they <laughs> chain their wallet wallets. to their pants. So here's uh, here's Le Bichfat, uh Candy Crowley, our Rubenesque reporter, uh, who I, I for some reason I just really do like her, and uh, she sets the meme for the next. Uh, let me see. One, two, three, four months that we're going to have to hear. This debate, all they have to do uh, at o- Obama reelect is open up the files because this debate uh, sure. has already happened. They just bring it back. It goes, right. you know, it is what they talk about. But I think the other thing that's worth pointing out is not every Republican uh, has signed on to this kind. I mean, they, they will publicly, but there is some trepidation They're afraid. Uh, They're that afraid. this might be uh, look looks a little bit like some sort of ticket death wish. Oh, yes. <laughs> Listen to no oh, agenda. She, much? She's on the same meme. We are. Listen to no agenda. Much? Ticket death wish. Ticket death wish, everybody. <laughs> so there was one funny thing. That, of course, will be played over and over and over again if I haven't been watching much television. But, of course, here is um, Mitt Romney announcing Paul Ryan with the classic mistake. Join me in welcoming the next president of the United States, Paul Ryan. What an idiot. What an idiot. But then I go back and listen to President Obama. So let me introduce to you the next president. The next vice president of the United States of America, Joe Biden. So he corrected himself in the same sentence, but isn't it interesting that they both make the same mistake? Is this like an actor's block or something? I have no idea. Isn't that interesting? That's a that's the that's the clip of the day right there. Really? Yeah. Oh well, that's so kind of you. Hold on a second. Let me uh, let me uh, give myself that uh, that award. Oops. Well, it kind of sucks when I can't. <laughs> when, you can't when find I, when it. I can't find the clip of the day. Should be at the ready. Yeah. The big red button. Clip of the day. No, they, backing that up with the with the with the Obama botch is perfect. But yeah, that, but that, that's it, weird. So I think it's because, and of course, these guys are all actors. I think it's because it is such a staple uh, line. To say, ladies and gentlemen, I present you the next president of the United States of America. That they just confuse that line. You know, they've been practicing it in acting school. You know, <laughs> and and how that was amazing to me. It's like, wow, that's pretty interesting that they both make the same flub. Now Romney came back and corrected it later, but uh, and and Obama did it in the same sentence. But it's uh, I don't know. It's just like wow. Yeah, no, that's very strange. Who knows what these guys are doing? <laughs> and he's not even the official nominee yet. Even I know. You know, the convention can reject him. They won't because yeah, they're a bunch good, of lapdogs. Yeah, the fact that luck. we even have a convention anymore is idiotic. It's just a waste of time. In fact, right. you watch the networks are going to start. They're going to not even show it. 
they're going to just push it off to one of their kids. What's the great thing about if you're NBC, you have a cable company, MSNBC, put it there. Yeah. You know, that's all news on MSNBC or CNBC. We'll put it there. We'll put it there. We're not going to run it against, you know, instead we're going to run the new normal. <laughs> yeah. I want to bump that. Right. Well, so, but of course, uh, this is well timed, this announcement. This is a media announcement, obviously. That we've got the dog days of summer. We got nothing to talk about. You know, it's like we're kind of done with terror. Uh, oh, yeah. Please do an announcement so we can not talk about anything else at all whatsoever. Well, the Olympics, you're talking about that. Oh, yeah. When are the when yeah, is the close? Talk about they're making a big set. The NBC Olympics, Olympics, Olympics. You watch the Brian Williams. Is that half the broadcast is about the Olympics? BBC half the broadcast is about the Olympics because the Brits have won more gold medals than they have for a while because it's in their backyard. Yeah, and you know the games are rigged. I, You're I, always going to have your home country I, win yeah, a lot of medals. I, I don't have audio of it, but the uh, what was the remember the word the meme that you found at the of the London Olympics? What they were all saying. No. It's fabulous. Oh, it's fabulous. It's fabulous. So the uh, so the uh, uh, the IOC chief Jacques Roja, who's a Belgian. Uh he uh, you know, so we're getting I guess the closing ceremony is tonight and he said um, the games in London have been absolutely fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> and they refreshed the Olympic movement. Is that what he says? Yeah. They refreshed refreshed the Olympic movement. It's not a movement. Yeah, it is. it's thing. a movement, John. It's a big movement. Yeah, it's a movement, all right, a bowel movement. And the U.K. will continue to surf the wave and invest in sport. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, short picture of that. No, but there is some really big news. Um, and it turns out there was a lawsuit filed in May against Lucy Napolitano. Have you heard about this lawsuit? Uh, sexual harassment. Sexual har- Apparently uh, yes. a bunch of lesbian supervisors are putting, you know, making men's lives miserable in the uh, Homeland Security Department t- or TSA, whoever it is, whatever group. Yeah, Department and of I Homeland Security. I guess it's Security. one of Lucy's, uh, one of her uh, uh, girlfriends. It was like somebody who was, you know. That's the, that's the insinuation. And if you look at the pictures of her. insinuation. Yeah, if you look at the pictures of, of these two. Ugh. Yeah, you're kind of like. Uh, well, anyway, so I, I, I got a copy of the lawsuit. And I thought we'd just run through a couple things just to have a little chuckle. So the plaintiff uh, is James T. Hayes Jr. And uh, this was no slouch in Department of Homeland Security. In fact, uh in 2008, he oversaw a $1 billion budget uh, with 7,000 people. Uh, then he moved up, and his budget grew to $2.5 billion. So I'd say that this is a pretty serious guy. Uh, the uh, allegations are that in February 2009, uh, Lucy Napolitano brought in Dora Schreiro and Suzanne Barr. And they started working at ICE headquarters in Washington. And essentially, they started... It's a very classic move, by the way. When, you know, you, you have to start copying them on memos. Um, you know, then they're attending the meetings. And then all of a sudden, you're not on the memo you're list. Out, they're you're out. In. Exactly. Uh, so just a couple points from... The, these are allegations, of course, because this is a, a pending lawsuit. Yeah, it's definitely not anything that we know is true. No, we don't know it's true. But, but we suspect it is. Yeah, and I, I, well, it's, I like... I look, I'm just reading from the court documents. Point 32. 
Schreiro was not qualified for the position plaintiff had because of her lack of federal law enforcement experience. Schreiro did have experience, however, working with Secretary Napolitano. (laughs) It's a nice snide way of saying it, isn't it? Point 34. Schreiro enjoyed a long-standing relationship with the secretary. 35. So essentially she is just hiring her buddy. 35. this, This is unbelievable. Well, wait until you hear the rest. Point 35. Plaintiff believed he was being replaced in his duties because of this relationship and because he was not female, which, of course, is an egregious uh, breach of all types of rules. Uh, uh, Point 43. In in around uh, April and May 2009, Barr moved the entire contents of the offices of three male employees, including nameplates, computers, and telephones, to the men's bathroom at ICE headquarters. (laughs) I love it. Which is followed up here. No sexual code violations with that move. Well, here it is. Uh, Barr also created a frat house-type atmosphere that is targeted to humiliate and intimidate male employees. Barr humiliated another male employee by calling that male employee in his hotel room and screaming at him that she wanted, quote, his cock in the back of her throat. This is in the lawsuit. (laughs) That's, I mean, you can't make this up. Uh... (laughs) Then uh, Barr covertly took an ICE BlackBerry device assigned to a male special agent in charge and sent a BlackBerry messenger message to his female supervisor indicating that the male employee had a crush on the female supervisor and fantasized about her. So basically sending false false messages. Like, oh, I'm hot for you, baby. And I presume to get him kicked out on some kind of... Uh, sexual harassment. Further, Barr promoted otherwise rewarded those male employees who would play along with their sexually charged games, including the three male employees whose offices were relocated to the men's bathroom at ICE headquarters. So, this is just, if this is true, this is crazy. I mean, that's, that's really quite, quite wrong. There was something that uh, that involved some horrible lesbian in Oakland who uh, wanted to And by to the way, of... not all lesbians are horrible. Let's just be very no, clear. No, I know. I'm we specifically a saying a horrible lesbian, okay. not a, a nice right. lesbian. Right, okay. But there was some horrible lesbian in Oakland who had tried to get rid of some men in some department. They, she, Her job, what she did was plan a bunch of child porn on the computers. Oh, wow. It became a big scandal, and then the guy, they, they couldn't. You know, there's some, I guess they found some date codes or something to get the guy off the hook, but this guy was going to go do hard time. I mean, some of these women, like the Napolitano types, they're, they're ruthless. It sounds like these, this trio of horrible lesbians, let's say, and as opposed to, you know, nice, nice lesbians, uh, is just, this, this is, I don't know how Obama can put up with it, but if you think about it, Obama may be a lesbian. <laughs> he's supposedly the first in the morning. Are you, are you insane? He's supposedly the first gay president. He's surrounded by women. He's got daughters. He's got his wife. And he's got his mother-in-law living in the White House and Valerie Jarrett telling him what to do. I don't know if he has any male influences whatsoever. So Janet Napolitano, she probably tells him what to do, too. Who knows? I don't know. It just seems, un- seems unhealthy, the whole environment. I could be wrong. So the guy is actually not asking for much, though. That's what that's what I find surprising and suspicious. 
he's basically asking for a quick payoff. Uh, plaintiff seeks the following relief, $200,000 in compensatory damages for the losses he suffered due to the discriminatory directed reassignment without the compensation giving to, given to other similarly situated employees. Compensatory damages in the amount of $135,000 as a result of lost wages due to the discriminatory behavior. Equitable relief in the form of a directed retirement with front pay to compensate him for loss of reputation he suffered. And that could be open-ended, I guess. That could be a lot of yeah. money. And, and an order directing defendants to pay reasonable attorney fees and costs of this litigation. And E, such other and further relief as the court may deem just. So, yeah, that could be open-ended, but he's not really saying, you know, hey. Yeah, well, it could also be the lawyer saying, look, these cases with men complaining about women harassing them are really never go anywhere because it's just not what the court expects to hear. So we don't want to ask for too much because it's going to look like a little, you know, who knows? I mean, the lawyer could be the problem. But I do. We don't know. I I, I will say, though, it is extremely important because if, if you just replace Men for women in this context, it would be a huge scandal. It would be all over the news. It would be discussed incessantly. And it would be battered down to the last fact in all kinds of congressional and senatorial hearings. And now the shoe's on the other foot, so to speak. I don't know if it's going to be if they're going to make such a big deal out of it, but I feel which is what the lawyer probably told him. You know, you're not going to get a lot of sympathy for this because you know when guys are discriminated against, it's the same thing with you know there is a lot of uh, domestic violence where guys get beat up. You don't hear about it, but it really does happen. Oh yeah, it happens a lot with women. They roll the battle axe with a rolling pin, beating the crap out of her husband. It's not uncommon. So but we'll, it's like, you know, as well as the weaker sex, you know, and that she can beat some guy up, that's good for her. I mean, it's, it's really the stereotypes are, are horrible. Yeah. By the way, I want to mention something uh, since you, you dropped a bomb in a couple of them, actually, a couple of filthy remarks. I did? That, yeah, you, you cussed there somewhere, so it's a oh. couple times. Oh, sorry. Uh, but I, this is what bring, I want to bring something up. This is this. Jason Price, one of our Canadian uh, producers, mm-hmm. came up with this idea. Uh, he says that he has a suggestion from a comment you read a few weeks ago. To those who do not like the colorful metaphors, the show is open source. So suggest on the next show that someone with enough time and interest, like one of our people that can't let the seven-year-old listen to the show, take it and bleep it out. There you go. Just require a request that if the full cut is needed, that any credits or information is reread back into it by whomever is editing it. That's never going to happen. It's just going to be a, a couple of bleeps here and there, and you can have the clean, no agenda show. For there are people that cannot listen to the show because once in a while we drop an f bomb or a, or you know do something that's lewd. It's just part of our casual conversation since there's two of us just chatting to yeah, each other. It is how people talk normally, by the way. Well, they don't necessarily. If you listen to the early shows, they don't, I don't know that many people that were cussing as much as you did. Well, I have just, Tourette's. I have an excuse. That's true. And so uh, it's absolutely true. And, uh, yes, it is an open source show. As long as you don't take the, the donation, you don't edit the show. I mean, that's what we ask. I mean, you could, but yeah. we don't. We prefer, we but you could bleep the, somebody could take the show and bleep it out, put it on their own server as the bleeped version. And then, you know, all the people that don't like the way, you know, they, they can't or they want their kids to hear, don't want their kids to hear a bad word or whatever. There you go. I think this is a great idea. I told Price that I said, this is a great idea. The bleeped version. Well, it's, but you know what? It's kind of like, 
here's how the is. So we are, have now done 434 shows. And if you calculate how many hours that is, it's it's probably quite a lot. And and that that's just the broadcast time, not the preparatory prepar, preparatory time. Yeah, it's it's a lot. So. Yeah. Um, so we have these great initiatives like readnoagenda.com, where you know people are going to transcribe. And I and you know I promote it every single week, and oh, the yeah. show notes has a link. Well, when's the last one that was fully transcribed? Was it twenty yeah, episodes gonna, ago? Yeah, not going to happen. Yeah. That's work, though. Yeah. This is that you're listening to the show and you got to, you know, and you're recording it while you're listening and you bleep, 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 bleep. You, I mean, this is, you're going to listen to the show anyway if you're that into the show. Yeah. And you could bleep it. I don't think there would be as much work to bleep the show to two hours total work or two and a half uh, as it would to transcribe two and a half hours. That's a lot of transcribing and nobody wants to do that. Well, there you go. How successful anyway, are we? Anyway, just a suggestion. Though, like I said, it's a, maybe you're right. Maybe nobody will pick up the ball on this. And uh, but again, if that's the case, they're the ones complaining. It's not that hard to fix. But we're you know we're not fixing it. So um, well, while we're on uh, lewd and lascivious, uh, finally, uh, and uh, again, something that uh, was pretty much predicted on the show turns out. The federal officials have launched an investigation into a possible pedo bear ring involving disgraced former Penn State defensive coordinator and convicted child molester Jerry Sandusky. Oh, yeah, you called that a mile away. Right? And, 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 and Right from the get-go, you said there was a ring up there. But here's the interesting thing. This news story broke. There has to be a ring or this wouldn't have happened the way it did. Radar Online broke this. This is an entertainment website. So now I'm really convinced something's going on because, you know, th- these guys at the at the entertainment gossip websites, they have v- way deeper uh, connections into Hollywood and uh, and and behavior that may be associated with that. So according to Radar Online, both the FBI and a criminal investigative division of the Postal Service, which is. I think also interesting because you know the po- the they are trying to take the postal service down. And why would the postal service be involved other than mail fraud or RICO case or committing some crime through the through the mail so, through the mail, which they'd like to get rid of, so the criminals could not have to deal with these laws. Yep. So I found it very interesting that the post the USPS is involved in this. They are investigating allegations. Sandersky shared boys with other men connected to Penn State as part of a child sex ring, which also, of course, included the Second Mile Foundation. Exactly what we said. Exactly what we said. It's a fractal. It has to be that. It makes me sick. It's a fractal. A fractal of what? A fractal of perversion. I don't know. It's just a fractal. It's a fractal of what was going on in Holland that you got... Oh. The radio station burnt to the ground. Yeah, for. by the Thank way. Thank you very much. Yeah, there's a website now for that guy. That's the highest uh, legal government official. His name is Joris Demink. Yeah. Uh, there's now a website, which uh, an English website, which I'm happy that someone's finally done that. It's called arrestdemink.com. So arrest, <laughs> D-E-M-M-I-N-K. I'm not going to type it. It'll stop the connection. Yeah, don't do it because <laughs> there's lots of video. Arrestdemink.com. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and when, and when I uh, touched on that case, yeah, to, just to remind everybody, I got not only did I get thrown off the radio in Holland, but the whole station was was financing pulled, the ground. license they pulled, shut him down. <laughs> they yeah, they burnt it to the ground. 
Nothing yeah, but good ashes. Work. Good work. Yeah. So, of course, they can't burn us to the ground. No, we just moved to a different house. Yeah. Hey, citizen. Stop talking about the keto bear. <sighs> anyway, that's my... Uh... So you can bleep that out of the uh, of the show if you, <laughs> if you don't want your children to be vigilant for crazy yeah. people. So apparently, uh, to, ch- to change gears here, the only people reporting on this are kind of be French Van Cat yeah. uh, about the Syrian war. <laughs> Which you now spell V-A-N-C-A-T. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. It's like it may be turning in the wrong direction from what the way Hillary wants it to go. Oh, really? Shall we listen to that? Yeah, listen to this. Today, the Free Syrian Army pulled out of the frontline Salahuddin neighborhood, calling it a tactical retreat. Fighting's been raging in Syria's economic hub for more than two weeks now. Several hundred people have been killed there. Armed with Kalashnikovs and other light weapons, the rebels' fight to keep control of Salahuddin was always going to be a struggle in the face of the full might of the Syrian army. Video uploaded on Thursday seems to show artillery shells exploding near rebel positions. They've also come under attack from aircraft. Despite their disadvantages, the rebels held out for several weeks. But now commanders are saying they've withdrawn from the Salahuddin neighborhood. The Free Syrian Army still claims to hold on to other areas, including Saif al-Dawla and Sukari. But the Guardian's Martin Chulov in Aleppo told Franz Van Kat the withdrawal will inevitably be seen as a setback. Well, the rebels are claiming that the withdrawal from Salah Adin is tactical. Um, I, would, I would dispute that. It was a stronghold. It was very, very important to them. They'd almost defined it as their Alamo in many ways. So being forced to leave is something which wouldn't sit easily with them, I would imagine. The government is also launching raids outside the city. In Tal Rafat, a village some 40 kilometers north of Aleppo, a school and homes were targeted by the Syrian Air Force, killing at least six people from the same family. Despite the recent show of force by the government, many Syrian refugees in Turkey hope the rebels can still fight back. The Free Syrian Army has withdrawn just for a while, but then they will carry on. They're waiting for the regime forces to press forward, and then they'll attack again. While the rebels may remain optimistic, they have already largely been forced out of Damascus. If they also have to withdraw from Syria's second city, their prospects of overthrowing the government of Bashar al-Assad may begin to dwindle. Well, this, this is very interesting, John, because it, this to me means that uh, Total Oil, France, has no uh, dog in this hunt. No, obviously, because uh, they're, they're actually reporting honestly about what's going on. Yeah, and we the American media is not tell, telling this story. Well, Have you heard this on American media? No. Well, even worse, quite the opposite. Quite the opposite, because of course Lucifer Clippity Clop uh, Hillary Clinton uh, was in uh, Istanbul uh, just the other day. And I have a, a few clips of what she was saying and what the... Well, actually, let's make sure we... Uh, let's make sure we play her, her jingle. So here's uh, Canadians, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, uh, who uh, bring in the UK, who are now... Because, of course, BP has got to have a stake in this. Otherwise, why would uh, the UK be in it? Uh, so we have uh, some new memes here. And, of course, we have to go towards the 7th, 
of our seven countries, as predicted by uh, General Wesley Clark, we still need to shore up Lebanon. So uh, here's the meme starting to turn. Britain, too, stressed the importance of humanitarian aid, committing more than $7 million for medical supplies, communication tools, and body armor for those not directly involved in the fighting. Body armor, very interesting. The risk of doing nothing is we see more butchery in Aleppo. Butchery! John, I hear butchery. 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 Are they butchering people now? Is that... They're uh, using a machete. They're hanging them up. Oh, tease. More butchery in Damascus, butchery. in Homs, in Hama, elsewhere. That is what is happening. In Washington, more sanctions against the regime and its allies, including Hezbollah. Uh-huh. The U.S. says the Lebanon-based militant group has provided training, logistical support, and advice to... As predicted. ...the Assad regime. You know, we are committed to take every step we can to isolate the regime, starve it of resources to finance its brutal crackdown on the Syrian people. All the sanctions... That's uh, Spokeshole Carney. Pretty strong words, huh? Starving it. ...talk and promises of aid haven't stopped the bloodshed in Syria. But politicians continue to try. The U.S. Secretary of State Hillary Clinton will be in Turkey tomorrow meeting with members of the Syrian opposition. And Canada's foreign affairs minister will travel to a refugee camp in Jordan. Okay, so we've got those guys on board, and uh, Lucifer has to roll out the next part of the script. So now we're already setting up Lebanon. Uh, Hold on a second. Hello, citizens of Lebanon. Be prepared. You are next. So that's coming. But first we have to... uh, Show everyone where the line is. What's the line going to be? What are we, what line has to be crossed? What will happen? What will really make it all happen? Regarding the um, the planning, what the minister- the planning? <laughs> She's so brazen. We're planning this. We're just getting planning. Mister and I agreed to today was to have very intensive operational planning. We have been closely coordinating. Uh, over the course of this conflict, mm-hmm. uh, but now we need to get into the real details yeah, of, of how we kill people such uh, operational planning and it needs to be across both of our governments uh, certainly our two ministries uh, are coordinating uh, much of it but our intelligence services our military have very important the drone guys important uh, responsibilities and roles to play so we are going to be uh, setting up a uh, a working group uh, to do exactly that. And if anyone comes to you and says there's a working group, run away. <laughs> and uh, both the minister and I saw eye to eye on the many tasks that are ahead of us tasks. and the kinds of contingencies, contingencies. Uh, that we have to plan for, including uh, the one you mentioned uh, in the horrible event that chemical weapons were used, and everyone has made it clear to the Syrian regime, that's a red line for the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, What would that mean in terms of uh, response and humanitarian and and medical emergency assistance? Uh And, of course, what needs to be done to secure those stocks. Which would be a no-fly zone, obviously. So there you go. The the world would recognize a red line if chemical weapons are used. And, of course, uh, we already... By the way, you can hear that... uh, I am now under attack. <laughs> you hear the airplanes? Yeah. It's, it's mild. Yeah. Well, I have one last clip on this, which is the British 
uh, foreign minister comes out, and or one of their representatives from the British government. And who comes is out. who is the the British foreign minister? No, I don't have his name. Huh. Whatever the case is, just another British blowhard that's you know from the from the Cameron regime. Mm-hmm. And he th- this is again this is the um, another this is on the BBC, and this is another uh, mention of the seven million, which seems like a paltry amount of money. And the, and and a reiteration that they're not going to give them any guns, which is I don't know what the you know if they want these rebels to win, I think they're on the fence about whether or not they think they can actually pull it off, and I think they're just kind of pulling back. Listen to this. Britain is dismayed by the endless conflict in Syria and wants to help the outgunned rebels to win without actually arming them. So the opposition group most on the front line, the Free Syrian Army, will get the lion's share of extra British help, including satellite phones, power generators, field dressings, possibly even body armour, but not guns. I think it's very important for us to help prepare for the day after Assad. And so part of our job is to work with people uh, who might be in a position of authority in Syria in the future, but. because we want that future Syria to be a plural democratic society. One that is very favorable to our oil and gas industries, William Hague, Foreign Minister for Gidmonation Near East. Yeah, that's who it is. So uh, here's my prediction. This thing is not working out the way they'd hoped. In fact, if you were listen to enough of the reports, they're talking about it could go on for two or three years. In other words, quagmire, mm. as it were. And so the and the British aren't given guns, and we're not. We haven't done the no flies, and we don't know how to pull it off. And because the Russians and the Chinese keep you know making a stink about it. So I think they're going to drone Assad. So you mean a, sur- a surgical strike? I think they're going to find some way. To kill him, right. and then da da, you can do whatever you now. Now, now here's the question: Would it be a strike, a drone strike, that we claim victory for, or will it be some kind of uh, suicide attempt, uh, some hero who will go in and kill him? Mm, what do you think? I think it's going to be uh, as much as it will hurt Lucifer for not being able to take credit. I think uh, it will have to be the latter. It will have to be, um, he. you know, there was a terrorist uh, explosion. He was killed. He was toppled. Uh, body, but, yeah, some guy with a, some uh, suicide bomber. Yeah. And, uh, but they, but then, but they will have to have it ready because that is, you know, because then, you know, who's going to, who's going to, what puppet is going to jump in place, right? Right. Yeah, it has to all be set up in advance. So who could that but it be? It seems to me the way they're back the way they're handling this so far is they can't really arm these other idiots and they uh <laughs> You mean the terrorists? The the, the <laughs> free Syrian army terrorists. We don't know who they are. Well, Nobody. we do. The United Nations has actually um I have a report here. Oh, I'm sure they get, have it nailed. They have designated the free Syrian army as an affiliate of Al-Qaeda. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's good. To know. <laughs> someone that's is probably why we can't arm them. Someone at the website over there, un.org, is not on board with the program. Apparently not. They, you published too soon. Yeah, you can't do that. So now we can't give them guns because if they're well, affiliated. Here's here's a thought, John. Here's so a thought. So they're just going to have to kill Assad directly. This is going to here's be a thought. The next a few months. I got a thought. So the okay. P, the PKK is also being brought into this. 
Um, well, let's listen to what Hillary has to say about the PKK, because maybe we can find a solution there. Uh, it's one thing to talk about uh, all kinds of uh, potential actions, but you cannot uh, make uh, reasoned decisions without doing intense uh, analysis and operational planning. We worry about terrorists, uh, PKK, al-Qaeda, and others taking advantage of the legitimate fight of the Syrian people for their freedom uh, to use Syria to promote their own agendas. So maybe, maybe it's a PKK terrorist attempt. That would be better. Right? Because then they could immediately go and say, oh, we can't have PKK running the show because of their, you know, of course, Turkey hates the PKK. And then they would have legitimate reason to go in and drone the PKK and take over and then put in some kind of dude. That would, uh, Turkey would agree to that. They hate, the PKK is the Kurdistanis. Yeah. Uh, and they're uh, trying to create a nation called Kurdistan, which nobody seems to want to do. But which would be part of, I think, Iraq, Iraq and Turkey. And there's a big chunk of land where they all are. And they have their own oil. Ah, uh, ah that's a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. Problematic people with but their they're, own oil. They're, they're really tight with us. The PKK? Generally speaking, they oh. were. I thought that they were because we're really? really tight with the Kurds. Well, not according to what I just heard. Well, I know. It sounds like they're not. You're right. Let me, uh, let me, uh, let me. It's a Communist Party of Kurdistan. Okay, wait. See what we got. It's the Kurdistan Workers Party. Is the official? Yeah, it's a communist parties. Yeah, okay, they're not. We're in with the Kurds, but not with these particular Kurds. No, they're listed as a terrorist organization by the United States, the European Union, and NATO, as well as Turkey, of course. Okay. So I yeah, don't Marxist, think Leninist, communist, Kurdish nationalism, drug trafficking. Oh well, they've got our drug business too. We got to take that. We got to take that back. Oh yeah, that's no good. Yeah. Oh. Okay, so yeah, they're okay. So they're bad guys uh, by our standards. Yeah. Okay. They got a lot of nice flags, though. <laughs> <laughs> nice flag. Yeah, I think it's a nice flag. <laughs> It'll be such a shame when the flags are all gone. Um. Following up on uh, the Sikh shooting. As of course, more and more information uh, now becomes uh, is being propagated. You know, this is where the lies start. Remember, we had an eyewitness right there on uh, Reuters or Associated Press, which of course is where all the lies start. But even they mess up, saying there were four shooters, four count them four. Uh, but we may never be able to actually verify that for something for a very interesting reason. Here is a report from our national treasure, uh, NPR. There are some new developments in the case of the Wisconsin man who opened fire on a Sikh temple last Sunday. Uh, what's his name again? That's a good question. The man at the center of the attack is a 40-year-old Army veteran named Wade Michael Page. Let's remember, it's huh. Wade Wade Michael Page, Army veteran. Page killed six people. Not a deranged lunatic. No, no. Army veteran, just so you know. Army veteran. <laughs> yeah. Please be aware of all Army veterans. Left the temple and wounded three others, including a police officer. Page himself died at the scene. 
one reason why the FBI and local police are having to piece together clues to his motive. They think it may have had something to do with Wade Page's ties to the white power movement. The FBI held a press conference this hour to clarify what they do and do not know. NPR's Dina Temple-Raston is here with the latest. Good morning. Good morning. And what did the FBI have to say this morning? Well, Teresa Carlson is a special agent in charge of the FBI in the Milwaukee field office. And she said that they'd already conducted hundreds of interviews since Sunday. And just to give you the scope of this, they've issued almost 200 federal subpoenas and 101 leads are pending as of this morning. So this is a really big investigation. And they have not clearly defined a motive at this point. There was no video in the temple itself. Apparently, their surveillance camera wasn't on. No! But did you hear how she said it? Did you hear did you hear the voice her intonation how it went up this was so this whole report is like yes I'm very serious here I'm NPR I'm talking about 200 subpoenas 101 people but apparently the video surveillance cameras weren't on to find a motive at this point there was no video in the temple itself apparently their surveillance camera wasn't on apparently the vi- what is that I don't know apparently the video surveillance camera wasn't on I don't know. Maybe she's flabbergasted. I have no idea. Uh, And we understand for the first time... she goes right back. ...that Paige was not shot to death by a police officer, but died as a result of a self-inflicted wound. He (laughs) he shot himself in the head. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what... You know, I'm imagining because of the four guys supposedly came in. I think there was an assassination of somebody. I think this was... But I don't know who. I mean, I think that one guy, the leader, there's somebody there that they had to kill. We'll never know because... They brought Paige in with them. He's like tied up. This is a, kind of my imaginary scene. Uh-huh. These three guys come and find the guy they're going to kill. They got a cop with them, and they say, okay, oh, there he is, and they shoot the guy, the guy they have to kill, and then they cut Paige loose, and then the, the cop drills him, bang, 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 and he says, you didn't kill the guy, and another one of the one of the three shoots the guy in the head, so I think he's done, and then they leave. I mean, this is just, a, I think, is a scenario in a movie. That's the way I, I can imagine something like that happening, if it was an assassination. Well, apparently. And meanwhile, Pat, Paige, like, the, like they said in the clip that we had before, that he's a patsy. He, for some reason, they had to, you know, he wasn't, I don't know what the deal is. But Who we'll knows? Ne- we don't know the story. We have no, no. clue, and we're not getting any we'll, clues. And we'll never it's know. done. And we'll never know because apparently the video surveillance cameras weren't on. Yeah, the whole huh? thing is just, yeah, of course they weren't on. Because say- the, guys, the, the guys did their homework and cut the cable and <laughs> whatever happened, happened. We have no idea. We'll never know. Let's go move on. Nothing to see here. All we know is that he was an Army veteran, and this white power is all over the military. You better get rid of those guys. Drones are better. You can't have guys flying planes because they could be white power. So I got a note from one of our producers who says, I have to remain anonymous, but there's something you need to look into, which I looked into and, of course, could not find really anything other than the fact that James Holm, who, uh, for some reason, they called him the Joker. Which, of course, is an insult to the Joker, whose hair is green. But uh, where did James Holmes, this is the Aurora shooter, where did he work and what color was his hair? He worked at McDonald's. And his hair was very similar to that of Ronald McDonald. And according to this producer, there's something hiding there. Maybe it was a Ronald McDonald. Yeah, but why Why do they immediately call him a Joker and not a Ronald McDonald? 
Well, that meme was changed very, well, very obviously, quickly because they don't want to. McDonald's <laughs> pays a lot of money. It's the Olympic to media sponsor. Outlets, yeah, and they don't want to be associated with this. And somebody made a phone call. Hey, what are you doing? I heard there's you're going to mention. No, 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 no. You're not mentioning us ever. So here is a piece of audio from a YouTube video of James Holm uh, presenting uh, what he is studying, what he's about to go study in college. Have you seen this video? It's very, very entertaining. Hit it. All right. Our next speaker is James Holm. By the way, it's Holm, not Holmes, but Holm. He has great. What school did you graduate from? What school did you graduate from? Westview High School. He just graduated from Westview High School and will be attending the University of California, Riverside. He will be majoring in neuroscience. His goals are to become a researcher and to make scientific discoveries. It's a good start. In personal life, he enjoys playing soccer and strategy games, and his dream is to own a Slurpee machine. Hey. <laughs> These kids have been fun to work with this summer. Now, listen to what he's into. Tiss, tiss. He won't let you show unless you can hear it. <laughs> really? Oh, okay. Well, the lab I work in is the Computational Neurobiology Lab, or CNL for short. CNL is very computer-oriented. Basically, everybody who works in CNL does programming of some sort. Uh, one division of the lab, called MCell, does mathematical models of the cell, such as that picture there. There's also computer simulations of hippocampal functions and neural network firings. And the knowledge that's gained is then made available to the public and the scientific community through the web. My mentor, John Jacobson, who works in CNL, is a philosophical type of guy. He's interested in how we perceive reality, specifically grapheme perception. And graphemes are basically just letters of the alphabet. And he wants to know how graphemes are mediated in spatial frequency channels. He also studies subjective experience, which is what takes place inside the mind as opposed to the external world. So that's interesting. How reality is perceived, how, how your neural network in your brain fires. The guy was into some pretty deep crap there. Yeah, yeah. So I, I well, think the theory is that he went bipolar or schizophrenic, which is about the age it happens. It usually happens when, in your early 20s, and that explains the whole thing, and you we're done. Okay, so you just go nuts and that's it. I'm just saying that's what they're that's what they're that's what the the meme uh, not the meme but the uh, that's what they're trying to sell us. Well, so, well, who, who, I haven't heard this anywhere. I haven't heard anyone try and sell us this. I've heard it. Where? Well, now that you mentioned, I thought I thought everyone heard this that he was schizophrenic and he flipped. I have not heard this at all. I've only heard you know he's uh, he's just insane. I haven't heard anything about what he was studying. Oh, no, I never heard that either. Oh, no, yeah, actually, I heard that, too. Mm. I didn't hear that all the details hmm. in the way he had described it, but I heard most of that. Hmm. I've got to look into... New. I'm going to look into this professor of his and see, what, see what's going on with him. This, sounds, nice. this sounds like a DARPA MK Ultra project to me. No, no, there you go. Meanwhile, of course, we all have to be very, very afraid. Another gun scare at a showing of the new Batman movie. <laughs> In New Haven, Connecticut, police say a man brought a loaded gun to watch The Dark Knight Rises. The suspect, who's a lawyer, says he did nothing wrong and brought the gun for protection. He has a yeah. state permit to carry a weapon. Moviegoers alerted police after seeing the gun in a holster. The man was charged for breach of peace and interfering with police. <laughs> what did he do? He didn't do anything. Breach of peace. Smoking on the street. Don't bring your gun in for protection, slave. Please. Wow. Yes. 
wave. Yeah. Scared. We're all afraid. Oh, somebody's got a gun. Come on, man. Roll out the machete now. I'm ready for it. Can we do, okay. can we so do the machete? Here's the, the, the story, which is, yes, the other machete says, where do you get a machete is the, is the clip. This Now, this is, you don't like guns? Well, let's have this for a crime. This happened just in the Bay Area recently. Police say a California man hacked up his living girlfriend of 10 years with a two-and-a-half-foot-long machete. When officers arrived at the suspect's house, they found a 52-year-old woman dead on the kitchen floor. Cops found the body of his girlfriend face down in their kitchen. Cover the weapon near the neighbor's home, a couple doors down. Crime tape and homicide investigators are an unusual sight in this quiet city. So severe that Evangeline's skull had been fractured by multiple hacking wounds to her brain. They knew each other. They'd been together for a period of time. And uh, and this tragic, this is just, they had a fight and it ended like this. Torturing his girlfriend. We're pretty confident it's a murder. We're also confident that we have the suspect. We recovered the weapon near the neighbor's home, a couple doors down. This is definitely a case of they knew each other. They've been together for a period of time. And uh, and this tragic, this is just, they had a fight and it ended like this. He swears that he is innocent. But if not him, then who? According to police, the victim in this case, a mother, Evangeline DeVera, was hacked to death with a two-and-a-half-foot machete. Where do you even get a machete after UCW Jensen? Where do you get a machete? I love the sound effects in this. And this, by the way, is yeah, it... Yeah, just a hacking sound. Is, wait a minute. Nancy Grace, is she not on HLN? Is that not a CNN uh, network? She's on yeah, Headline yeah, News, right? It's yeah, a yeah, CNN. Yeah. I mean, the whole time it's like, yes, well, this is... A, where do you even get a machete? And the, by the way... Face down! She, killed she her! Get out of the house? Killed her! What? Did she, yeah, I know. Did she ever get out of the house? You can buy a machete within walking distance at any hardware store. I've got a sword. Yeah, and you've got a sword. <laughs> I'm telling you. But this is where, you know, no guns. We're a violent country. No guns? We'll just hack you to death with a machete. I think the guns are a little, you know, more efficient. They're doesn't make they're, such a mess. Barely hacked her arms off and then hacked her <laughs> hands off and hacked her in the brain. This guy's like 54. He's an old man, you know, and he's hacking away on his girlfriend. Very nice. Very nice. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Where do you get a machete? In the morning. Well, there's no machetes in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, where Michael Tannis sent us $139.38 in the morning uh, from Fort Lauderdale. I'd like to be deduced by making a double 69.69 donation to keep the 69. <laughs> and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Okay. Because Sir Snakes. Pea Snakes. Pea Snakes in our Holland night actually got a 6969 donation in before the last show. No, please. I'm not buying this. You're just trying to save your lucky 69 Swatonneuf streak. I'm telling you. Really? So the streak is not broken? Is that what you're telling me? I'm saying it's not broken. <clears throat> All right. Let's continue with... Uh, so that's my... one donation to the show. I support you guys, <clears throat> blah, blah, blah. Uh, right, to buy as many clips as we want. I don't want you guys to give me the other 6969 as an extra clip, whatever. I'd like to deduce my friend, Dr. C.W. Daly, who introduced myself and Dr. H. Diosarin, Diosarin, or Diosarin, I don't know, to this show over three years ago. Wow. 
I would also like a Huntsman ITM kid saying shut up slave combo so that I can use it as a ringtone. Well, let's do Huntsman. that right now. Huntsman in the morning, shut up slave. Is that what he wants? Yeah. Okay, be quiet then. So here comes your ringtone. Shut up slave. In the morning. Tight. Yeah, I think he wanted the other way. That's fine. I think that's a good ringtone right there. Uh, oh, and by the way, my sister just came back from a trip to Haiti, and she says that it is being brought back like nobody's business. No, yeah, no, hotels. no. That's not what she says. Bought up like oh, nobody's Bought up. Oh. Oh. That's what she says. Bought up is okay. Being bought up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly Adam and John, keep up the good work with the tour. In the music and book selling business, it is known that you want to gain millions of fans. Touring is the best way. So the Hot Pockets <laughs> tour is a great idea. If you if you want to have a rotten back, uh, indigestion, and a headache, touring is the best way, is what I'd say. I'll give them a little dedouching there. <laughs> You've been dedouched. There you go. D-douching. Toby Knotts in Kenilworth, Illinois. One, two, three, four, five. And Kenilworth is, I think, where Jesse Jackson lives. Oh. It's a very nice neighborhood north of Chicago. Andrew Holcomb, Ann Arbor, Michigan, $111.11. Thanks for all you do. I have soaked up countless hours of research, insight, and entertainment as I drive around my Midwest territory peddling printed books to independent bookstores. Oh. I used to listen to our national treasure, but now I only tune into those douchebags for the traffic and weather. <laughs> you know, I shudder to think. That I would have gotten the whole family lined up for swine flu shots, Gardasil, and shingles vaccinations had it not been for analysis and information provided on the No Agenda show. Wow. Please put my contribution to the 3B fund, bullets, beans, and books. <laughs> May I please have a shot of health karma for my eldest human resource. She's a great kid suffering a painful wrist injury. We're wow. hoping for simple and reasonable price recovery. Absolutely. Here's some health karma. You've got karma. And uh, it was $111.11. Oracle Broadcasting, Round Rock, Texas, and your neck of the woods, $100 is for gas, money, and karma for Mustang Sally. Thank you very much. It's actually a Dodge truck. You've got karma. By the way, um, confirmed pre-ignition issues. Yeah. And uh, I think we're going to have Rick, producer Rick in uh, uh, Twin Falls look at it this evening. He says he's got a strobe. Yeah, yeah, you're using cheap gas. I think if you moved to 89 octane, you'd fix the problem. You don't have to go to 91. I'm using 91. Well, okay. I'm using 91. It seems to be better. Yeah, it would be. It's going to – yeah, but it may be a tune-up problem if you can get the thing because it's better to use. If it's a – you don't – do you know if that engine is a V8, maybe it requires better octane than you're putting in it. And by the way, I've been notified that this is not a big block. It's this. It's the biggest of the small blocks, which is a 360. It's a small block V8, 360. What's the horsepower? Four. Four horsepower? <laughs> That's what it feels like. <laughs> Not much more. <laughs> uh, I kid because I love her. No, this is, uh, I don't Nicholas know what Nicholas Oman in Thief River, Minnesota, seventy-seven, seventy-seven. Just finished reading the last show, uh, listening to the last show, and realized that even though I gave money a few shows ago, I need to give again. This time, though, it's a call to action for those in Minnesota that listen to the show. We need to help Ron Paul and Republican endorse U.S. Senate candidate Kurt Bills get elected. Huh? Nothing else. We need to get Amy Klobuchar out of office. If you don't recognize her name, you right, remember last year when she proposed a law that would make streaming copyrighted videos a felony. A felony. <laughs> yeah, she should go. Yeah. You can give her a douchebag douche for that. Bag. If it wasn't enough, now she's refusing to even have a real debate. 
Kurt Bills challenged her to attend town hall debates to allow her uh, allow for at least one in every congressional district in the state. Instead, she turned it down, saying she would only take part in two. And he goes on complaining about her. Uh, I hope this spurs people into action. Uh, vote for Kurt Bills. Kurt Bills is a guy who's going to be a legislator. His name's Bills. Brandon Christian. Wait, hold on, Los- hold on. He wants. Don't miss it. Give him some karma as well. That would be. Oh great. yeah, karma. That's what he wanted. Okay. Sorry. You've got karma. Yeah, Amy, Amy Klobuchar is horrible. Brandon Chisholm, Las Cruces, New Mexico. Oh, we'll be seeing Brandon on our way down, I'm sure. You will. 7171, enjoying the Hot Pockets tour coverage, as well as John Ryan's pick analysis. After some thought, I think 7171 would be a good getting laid car um, uh, amount. CXKCD487. Okay. Hmm. like to get some ha- Huntsman karma for his wife. Huntsman karma. You've got... Karma. I am uh, Googling XKCD47, and here it is, numerical sex positions. What's the 77? 7171. Oh. <laughs> is it in there? Yeah, it's it's uh, bent over the desk. Oh, well, that's pretty common. <laughs> it's pretty common in Washington. Oh! Prince Whitten in Huntersville, North Carolina, sixty nine, sixty nine. Hopefully, discover some beef jerky and big gulps while on the road. <laughs> Last time I donated, I asked for a "You've got to talk about that karma," but you didn't know what it was. It was a hilarious Reverend Manning clip that I've heard Anna play a couple of times. If you don't have it, I'll take a chemtrails karma for me and my family. I'll do a chemtrails karma. That's probably better. Chemtrails. You've got karma. Michael V. Rochester, New York. Oh, hold 69th. on, hold on, John. You got to talk about that. I found it. Oh, that, I don't even remember that? <laughs> I, I forgot about it. It's funny. Michael V. in Rochester, New York, sixty-nine, sixty-nine. I heard the last show and thought I'm. Be a rebel and test you guys regarding refunds on the 69 donation. If you want a refund, let us know. If uh, for some reason this makes it through, I'll, I want a getting laid karma. Why? Because for, please credit me as Mike V in Rochester and don't say my last name. Okay. Thanks for being the best podcast in the universe. The best podcast in the universe. You've got karma. So... We can't refund because, according to your calculations, uh, we did not break the streak and Painter Snakes got in on time. That's what you're he saying? Did. That's what I'm claiming, yes. Okay. Because it did come in. I can show you the timestamp. I believe you. It, we, we, kill, we kill the donation segment at midnight, generally speaking. But if, some, but if there's something like this going on, because this happened before. We had a guy that came in after midnight but it was part of the streak, so I put it in there. It was the one thing that kept the streak going. This was like three months ago. So I think that since I did it before, there's no reason I can't do it again, and I, I did. I think you're weak. I'm weak. I'm a weak-willed <laughs> person. That is me. So here's page stakes. Opening of the show. Thank you. Perfect. Yeah, 69.69. In the morning, John and Adam, enjoying the best podcast in the universe for almost five years. Wow. Please give me a biodiversity soissant neuf karma for my birthday, the 11th. He's listed on the thing. Okay, we don't have anything for soissant neuf. But we... 
You've got karma. Michael Shoemaker in Rancho Cucamonga, Anaheim, Azusa, and Cucamonga. In the morning, John Adams, since you won't accept my favorite donation amount of sixty nine sixty nine, here's the next best thing, sixty nine sixty eight. You're trying to force your money on us. We won't have it. I'm giving him credit for sixty nine sixty nine. John Bollard in Byron, New York, sixty nine zero. Uh, happy birthday to John and Polly Boland. Uh, we need to put that on the list. I don't see it on. No, there. I don't see it on there either. Nor do I see. Uh, hold on a second. Let me just see. Well, Sir Pate, of course. Okay, so it's, hold on. Polly Bolland? Okay. John and Polly. Mm-hmm. Need some super fertile baby-making hot milf karma. We're in Jamaica for our anniversary trying to make another human resource for the no-agenda fiefdom. <laughs> Good. Milf. That's one mother. I like it. You've got karma. Sanitize for your protection. Another... A sixty-nine zero zero donation because apparently they were refusing to listen to Adams' uh, prog- uh, you know denial being a, denial being of funding stiff yeah regarding the streak Mark uh, you know being a bureaucrat regarding the streak <laughs> Mark Krujif in Antwerp Mark uh, oh, 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 eh, hold on a second John Mark Krauf Mark Krauf. Krauf, very famous uh, soccer player. Johan Krauf. Krauf. Mark is a famous soccer player. No, but it, but the Krauf name is very, very the famous. Klauf. Krauf. Krauf. In Antwerp. Or some would say Cruyff. That's how the... Cruyff. 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 Hey, Cruyff. Hey, 69. Cruyff. Greeting from a Dutch diehard listener living in Belgium and donating from Luxembourg. I like that. I haven't had a commute to and from work since the start of DSC and No Agenda, where I have not been listening to your podcast. <coughs> Empty iPod batteries while being in a car are a nightmare. Get one of the things that plugs into the car thing, the lighter. I just got mine the other day for the, my my Android phone. If you put it on GPS and you start going, spending more than an hour driving around, ah, the thing goes dead. Let me let me uh, let me explain something because I have experience with this. Yes, if you only tr- if you so we have a, a little converter, um, a DC to AC converter. So you plug in the phone, you plug the charger in, that gives it enough juice. But you're absolutely right. And the problem is the screen. The screen is draining faster than the USB charge will charge the battery. So the way you do this is, you know, when when, when you get like, when we're on the road where it says, follow the route for 174 miles, then you just turn off the screen, but you leave the, the navigator on and it will charge. But you cannot have the screen on, plugged into USB power through the cigarette lighter and have it charge. It will deplete and you'll be severely disappointed. So Mark says, uh, quote from my children. Daddy, are you listening to those boring men again? (laughs) Oh, well, it's no Disney Channel. I highly recommend the best podcast in in the universe. Never stop. I guess some kids don't like the show. Well, they'll, they'll amount to nothing. (laughs) <laughs> Byrar.com, B-U-Y-R-A-R, Watertown, Wisconsin, 68. My last donation of 6969 was a complete success, and my friend has a new human resource on the way. <laughs> Who done it? <clears throat> you know, doing 69, I don't know. How, really, <laughs> I don't see how that can be a success for a human works, resource. Okay. All righty then. <laughs> I intended to donate another 6969, but since that streak ended, no, it did not. <sighs> I decided to maybe start a new streak. The $68 donation is you do me and I owe you one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, baby, let's do a 68. 
and I owe you one. As this is my second donation, I could use a de-douching. I didn't ask for it the first time I donated, and I don't feel that a single donation should convey that honor. No. <laughs> You've been de-douched. Kevin Reeves in Lake Ann, Michigan. 5555. Hey guys, there's double nickels on the dime from sales of the. This is not double nickels on the dime. This is double nickels on the double nickels. Yeah. Just a reminder to everyone to go to freefalleffect.com and grab it for five bucks. Oh, that's the. um, Those are the guys that like all the no agenda lyrics, the kind of uh, heavy, heavy metal stuff, the five or six tracks on the EP. It's it's good, actually. Oh, okay. You'll like it. unless, Unless you're into, you know, like John into. What is your favorite band again? Debussy. <laughs> Charles Debussy. Uh, the favorite band would be, I don't know, the Maroon, Cleveland, Maroon the, the 5. Cle- Cleveland Symphonies. Maroon good. 5. London uh, Symphonies. Good. <laughs> and here's our buddies, and anybody that was, uh, he says the best podcast in the universe, Kevin does. Bruns, Bruns Clothing in Watertown, South Dakota, and latest proceeds from the No Agenda jacket sales. And by the way, these jackets are astonishing. Yeah, they're really nice. That, especially if you live in the northern part of the country, you need one of these jackets. And you can get it with a concealed carry pocket. Yeah, you can. B-R-U-N-S. Just look it up on Google. Um, Daniel Torriello. And it was $52. Daniel Torriello, Charleston, South Carolina. Beautiful city. 50 bucks. Uh, thanks for getting my name correct with my previous donation. The newsletter analysis of why Rubio wasn't tapped for VP is why value for value works, especially Marco Rubio, as una ducha vaginal douchebag <laughs> and has no idea what it means to speak be Hispanic in America. Wow. Just because you speak the language doesn't mean you represent a people. Always great show and give Adam and Miss Mickey Karma for safe rest of the Hot Pockets 2009 tour. If you can't read this out loud on the show because it's too opinionated, I understand. No, he doesn't like no, uh, Rubio. No, clearly. Which is fine. You've yeah. got karma. Well, we, you know, so there's someone who could know, apparently. You know, Toriello. We had some guy. We, another nasty letter came in. A mm. couple of them, actually. Mm. And one of the guys, you know, he just hates us. Anyway, yeah, I think he hates you. I think he hates you in particular. Well, he could hate me. He sent me a separate email saying, your partner is such a dick. Oh, I, the one, the guy who bitched about, yeah. uh, are complaining about the other guy who never was oh, never yeah. a producer, and oh, he yeah. says, we're condemning all producers? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that pe- guy? Yeah, people do this all the time. They'll send something to you and I both, and then either one of us will respond or we'll both respond, but then they split it up. It's like what, you, what kids do with mommy and daddy. Yeah. Daddy said he could do this. And then he was like, boy, you know, I love no agenda, but you should get a different partner. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's going to work. Yeah, that'll be great. Yeah. Okay, onward to the last one. Uh, this was actually a okay. short list today, unfortunately. Patrick, yeah, it is short. Uh, Rick's in Murray, Utah. You drove right by his house. I missed him. Hey, John and Adam, you, he's coming, by the way, Patrick, he's coming back to Salt Lake City, yep. so... Uh, yeah, see us there. See us there. Um, oh, he's actually looking... Yeah, he's in Salt Lake City. Long-time boner, first-time donor, could use a de-douching a little karma for my kickstart project. I'm making homemade Southern-style barbecue sauces. Love to send you both a couple of bottles and see what you think. I'll be glad to take a couple. Yeah, I'll, I'll send take you a bottle. Email with my sure. address. Yeah. Check out my website, patricksbarbecue.com, or pa- I'm sorry, patricksbbq.com, and let me know where I can send the sauce. 
If you can mention my Kickstarter on the show, I'll kick back 10% of any donation from anyone who mentions no agenda. Thanks for making my work days bearable. I'm looking forward to donating again. Patrick from Salt Lake City. I don't think so you can technically, I don't think you can technically do that with a Kickstarter where you, you take some of the money and kick it back to someone. I don't think, and I don't want it. Uh, I'd love to try your sauce though. I and mean, we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll give you an no. honest opinion. I don't know if you can put no, no agenda even in the Kickstarter thing. No, I don't think it's a good idea. Um, anyway, I have, I have no, a, it's probably not a good idea. I have but, a few. You know, if you're selling sauce, but we'll take some sauce. We'll take a, you know, some yeah, sauce. send us some sauce. See how it is. Let me uh, tell you about the Boise meetup here. So, again, we have our uh, associate executive producer, uh, Chris Brashears, his lovely wife, Lori. Uh, then at the meetup, we received $100 from Ray Adaki. Uh, Ray, a very interesting guy, by the way. He was able to tell me a lot about how the uh, telecommunication systems work. And he said the biggest scam with uh, with the cell phones is that the government requires the power of cell of individual cells to be very very low. Why? Because they receive license fees for every single cell, so they want more cells, therefore lower output per cell. Oh, I like that. No, I don't. It's like a ripoff. No, I mean I like the I, I like the creativity. It's very creative. So I'll deduce right there. You've been deduced. And he wants a little bit of job karma. You've got karma. Sincere thanks to Sir Russell Williams, who was there. He uh, donated the sword, which uh, you will be seeing plenty of pictures of. He also paid for dinner, so we highly appreciate that. Sir A.J. Reistat, $100 uh, a day's rental for the sin bin. And uh, he actually was so cool. He gave us a yellow note. Um, from Sir A.J. Rystad, one day's rental of the sin bin. Thanks for visiting and have a... Oh, have a safe trip back to Camp Mofo. And this yellow note, he closed it and sealed it with his no agenda sealing wax and uh, night ring. Yeah, we actually get a lot of... Uh, occasionally when a check gets sent in, uh, people do uh, seal it with the... And it's cool. looks great. It does. Uh, Chad Nelson... Gave us uh, a whole stack of no agenda stickers, uh, which he's uh, been printing up in the morning. Noagendashow.com, and these are white letters on transparent background. Hmm. So yeah, they're really, really. So they pretty. go well on a laptop. They go well on a laptop. Well, here's the uh, custom signs. It's uh, vinylrocket.com. Make sure the surface you're applying the decal to is dry and clean. Remove paper backing. Apply. Blah, blah, blah. You're good to go. Okay. So we highly appreciate that. And uh, so that was uh, Chad Nelson. And there was one other, uh, uh, one of our uh, dames was there. And she actually, um, I think she worked for or currently works at MERS. Are you familiar with MERS? M-E-R-S? You know, it sure rings a bell, but I can't tell you what it is. Well, you've got, well, I will look into this. This is the mortgage elect... Mortgage Electronic Registration Systems. Mm. And she says, this is the most effed up. So that's why I'm not mentioning her name. This is the most effed up company in the world. She works there. What these guys do is when you have a house mortgaged and your mortgage is repackaged and split up and sold, which, of course, is still happening. Yeah. These guys register it, but uh, they don't act. But, you know, it's all hand input. So you're not the title is not actually re-registered anywhere. These guys are the de facto uh, database where this is all changed. She says it's a mess, and people get foreclosed on because their information is wrong in the MERS database. 
And, you know, and so, you know, half of your mortgage payment is supposed to go to Citibank, the other half to Bank of America. But, <clears throat> you know, your unit number six has been confused with unit number seven. And then you get foreclosed on without even receiving notice. And it's all because of this database. So we have to look into this MERSINC.org, M-E-R-S-I-N-C.org. Very interesting, what she was telling me. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. It's very interesting. In fact, I'm sure it's part of the problem. Yeah, well, she says it is the problem. Oh. It is the problem. <laughs> okay, well, I guess that <laughs> she would know. Yeah, she would. Uh, she's also uh, she's actually former, um, uh, she was on a nuclear aircraft carrier when she started listening to the show. She says, you got oh. me through all those dark days sitting on the nukes. So thank you all very much uh, for your support of our uh, value for value uh, proposition here. A uh, little light today, to say the least. Um, but the uh, Hot Pockets tour continues to roll, and uh, we will be in Salt Lake City, Utah, for our meetup there on Monday, 6 p.m. at Justin Peck's home. Make sure you catch it. Dvorak.org slash N-A It's your birthday, birthday On no agenda Sir Pates, who uh, apparently has stopped the streak from breaking, the Soissons Neuf, he congratulates himself, uh, celebrating uh, celebrated yesterday on the 11th. John says happy birthday to Polly Ballin, and uh, that will do it. So happy birthday from all your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. It's your birthday, yeah. And we have no nights. So no nights. No mm-hmm. nights. So we can just, like, swoosh our swords around as much as we want, but there's not gonna, it's not going to do anybody any good. Nothing at all. Um. So, let me see. There was uh. There were there was there were some things. Well, they're rousting the gypsies out of France, despite the promises of Hollande. Well, it's about time. A socialist, and apparently they always gave the right wingers crap. Oh, you can't do that. So Hollande comes in. He says, "Ah," after promising he won't. He's just doing it. I've got two clips that at least give us bring us up to speed on this. No, and by the way, they're not called gypsies. Uh, heaven forbid, uh, by the French. They're it's, called it's, travelers or... Uh, travelers or Romas, either one of the two is fine. But gypsies, no, can't say that. I don't know why. It was a move that sparked accusations of a witch hunt under France's conservative government. Now the new socialist administration is also sending illegal immigrants home. A makeshift Roma camp near the northern city of Lille was broken up on Thursday. Some 200 immigrants will be expelled. Immigrants forced out against their will with no idea where they're headed. On Thursday morning, this Roma camp was dismantled in Lille. The eviction had been planned for a while, but many don't know where they'll be sleeping from now on. I just went to ask them what was happening, where they'll go today. They don't know. They're asking us. And we're not doing anything either. So we confiscated the few things they have, their caravans, and that's it. They've got nothing. You know, I'm a gypsy right now. Do I qualify? No, you're not staying put anywhere for too long. Maybe not. Hmm. You, have to, you have to actually kind of move into the place. Hey, we played part two, and then uh, I would say we'll make a comment. A few days earlier, some 200 Roma were living here on a piece of abandoned land. Some of them had been there for two years, a situation that had caused some friction with their neighbors. 
au quotidien depuis deux ans. For the last two years, we've been woken up at night regularly, sometimes two or three times a night. Loud music day and night, even at the weekend. You can even hear it with the windows shut. There are physical attacks, verbal attacks. The socialists have broken their promises. Yet for the charities, it's a worrying turn of events. They underline François Hollande's campaign promise not to evict travellers without an alternative. So much for the socialist campaign promises it kind yeah, of rings really. a bell. But, uh, you know, I don't want to say anything bad about the travellers or the Romas or whatever, but they're a plague wherever they are. They, they're a bunch of pickpockets. <laughs> Now, what kind of generalization is that, John? You go to Paris, or I haven't been there for a while because of the euro, so I can't afford it. And we're, you know, we keep getting low donations. I'm not going to get back there. Uh-huh. But they, uh, you go there and you step outside, and a bunch of kids come around to harass you, and then one of them bumps you. And the next thing you know, your wallet's gone. I mean, it's, 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 they don't do anything about it. They really they need to be rousted. Not, <laughs> I'm not, not sympathetic, in other words. <laughs> wow. Okay. I was pickpocketed by a, by a gypsy in uh, in in Madrid. Well, then why don't? Yeah, that's true. Well, why don't we just lock them up then? No, just get you know they, they just well, send them to a different yeah, country. Yeah, lock them up if you can catch them doing anything. Just send them to a different country. Is that your solution here? Well, that's what this. That's a solution. They can send them back to Romania, where it's actually where many of them came from. Well, the Italians also have a problem with the Romas. Yeah, yeah, but there's but that's not you know talking about arresting people for being crazy. Play. This is another thing that hasn't been played up yet. Even though I think it's a great human interest story, great story about Tartarstan. Tartarstan. Where is Where is It's in the middle of the Russia. It's it's a Russian one of the Russian states. It's uh, where the Tartars, famous uh, warriors. Uh, all is that came. where tartar sauce comes from? As many as 27 children are being cared for by Russian social services after spending up to a decade living a hermit-like existence in an Islamic sect. The 70 members were kept in an underground bunker on the outskirts of the city of Kazan without heat or light. The Pfizer Ramanist sect is named after an 83-year-old self-declared prophet. Many of the children are said to have been born underground and have never seen daylight. There's such an underground labyrinth with small spaces measuring two by three meters. More than 70 people were living there. Parents of several children have been arrested and charged with child abuse. Many of the youngsters have been taken to local hospitals for observation before being moved to orphanages. Commentators say the sect is one of hundreds since the fall of the Soviet Union. Local residents have expressed outrage. That's no way to live. Children that don't go to school, no education, no medical checkups. What kind of people will they grow up to be? Sect leader Faiz Rachman Satarov had declared his house an independent Islamic state. Only a few members ever left the building, located in the majority Muslim Russian Republic of Tatarstan. Okay. Well, I have something. Have you heard that story? No, but I do have an opinion on it. By the way, I like the idea of declaring your house an independent Islamic state. The independent, the independent Islamic state of no agenda. So, um, you know, you scoff at me, 
But these uh, the Tartars do have a history. They are not just some crazy sect. Because, why because, Tartar sauce is named after the Tartars from the Eurasian steppe who once occupied Ukraine, the Czech Republic, and Russia. So these are the people who created tartar sauce. So they cannot, this is according to the Book of Knowledge, so they cannot just be called a sect if they created something that we use on our fish. Well, this, 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 this group was the sect in Tartaristan. I'm not saying that the oh, yeah? are very oh, famous. Yeah? Oh, yeah? Have you done the investigative research? Maybe they are the uh, the fathers of the tartar sauce. You know, I find it hard to believe that the Tartars invented tartar sauce. It says even it though right it makes a little sense because the <laughs> name is exactly the same. It says so it. So I he- would have to defer it to says the Book it, of Knowledge. Well, hold on. I showed it. Could be some, book of knowledge. It could be some joker who put that in there. I got a good one. The name derives from the French sauce tartare, named after the Tartars from the Eurasian steppe. Oh, named after, but not invented by. Who once occupied Ukraine, the Czech Republic, and Russia. Beyond this, the etymology is unclear in Europe. Uh-huh. The sauce was used as a condiment to steak tartare. So, basically, they just, like, said, hey, I know. Hey, man, that's some good sauce. Let's call ourselves the Tartars. <laughs> 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 that, that wasn't it. Let's call ourselves the, the Tartars. We'll name ourselves after a French sauce. <laughs> the Islamic and, State oh, of Tartar. the Hollandaise branch. <laughs> it's like Tartar, now a new affiliate of Al-Qaeda. Okay, you're just making fun of my clip. Yeah, I am. I have a, uh, some Spanish uh, news for you. Uh, first of all, the Spanish protectorate of, uh, I think it's a protectorate, of uh, Tenerife, as they say in the United Kingdom, or Tenerife is on fire. Mr. Oil, uh, which I did not know, has been recalled to Tenerife to fight the fire. He, wait, apparently, a wait, hold on a second. Are you telling me that there's a massive, is it oil rig fire or an no, oil field fire? Wi- wildfires. Oh, there's wired fire. Are yes. threatening oil wells? I don't know if it's threatening the oil wells, but uh, Dude, people... It, there's no news of this. There's no news of the fire in Boise. <laughs> Boise. <laughs> Boise. Well, Boise and uh, Tenerife apparently closely uh, uh, affiliated, but Mr. Oil, who I think has he was born there or something, I'm not sure. But he sent Miss Mickey a note. He says, "You know, I, I may not be around because I've been recalled to the island of Tenerife to fight the fires." Really? Yeah. Well, we'll check this out. We'll Let me go- look this up in the book of uh, of the, uh, the the Google. The Googles. No, there is. So there's. You know, I have to say, I'm pretty amazed that there's no news of the fires in Idaho. It is not minor. I mean, they don't want to talk about anything but the Olympics and and the new normal. <laughs> Maybe if it was a gay fire, it would make the news. So here's what's happening in Spain while you uh, look up the Googles. Two Spanish trade unionists have been released after spending a night in jail over a Robin Hood-style raid on supermarkets. This is the new meme in Europe. Robin Hood! They face prosecution for theft and pressing one store to donate food for distribution to the needy. They were arrested after their union, which represents rural laborers in southern Spain, organized a raid to steal cartloads of food. So this is this is an, in, this has interesting connotations, because this is not just about a Robin Hood, but it's about a labor union. Which is interesting that uh, this is a new tactic, I think. The Robin Hood robbings, the Robin Hood stealings, encouraging people to steal 
And but the union is encouraging people to do this. Taking some food and giving it to families who are having a really hard time, if this is stealing, I'm guilty, he says. The operation was condemned by larger unions. An industry association said supermarkets already made donations. But the unionists have local backing. A left-wing mayor faces charges after leading the raid. If I end up in jail because I highlighted the crisis, it will be an honor. The mayor spent a night in an improvised camp to show solidarity with activists. Andalusia has been particularly devastated by the crisis since the property crash of four years ago, with a third of the population out of work. So I think this is a kind of an occupy thing, because the unions, of course, uh, totally co-opted the United States occupy movement, and they're just calling it Robin Hood. Mm. It's a rebranding of sorts. We should keep our eye on this Robin Hood uh, meme. Uh, by the way, Miss Mickey just texted me that Mr. Oil was on Tenerife when he was uh, called up, I guess, to uh, to go fight. fight fight the fires. Yeah. Well, this thing, this fire began as a huge fire on this island. I guess it's an island. Yeah, La Gorma. It's threatening the Garajane National Park, which is a big deal. It's a UNESCO World Heritage Site, oh. and it started in like July twelfth, and it's just been rampaging. Wow. Uh, did terrorists set it? Al Qaeda? Still not allowed to re- no global warming. Ah, not okay. allowed to return to eighteen towns and villages that have been evacuated. Ah. Eight on the popular tourist island of Tenerife and ten on La Gomera. La Gomera, yeah, it's another one of the islands. So, huh. you have to, but you have to say Tenerife. 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 Uh, so there's more going on in Spain. Model airplanes. You fly them. You're a terrorist. Spain's Interior Ministry has released a video it says shows a model plane packed with explosives being tested for a potential Al-Qaeda attack. What? Earlier this month, two Russians of Chechen origin and a Turkish man were arrested and charged. Police reportedly believe a shopping center in Gibraltar was being targeted during the Olympics. Okay, so this was a meme fest in 17 seconds. This is So they're talking about the three terrorists who, uh, who were apparently training to fly motorized paragliders. These are the guys they're talking about. And now they show a video of a guy with a little red remote-controlled aircraft, an RC, not like a huge one, you know, taken off from a field. But apparently, <laughs> those are going to be packed with expo- any, a bomb, packed with explosives to it's bomb a crap. shopping center during the Olympics, which is not in Spain. <laughs> during what? the Olympics, what is wrong with these people? What are they trying? Are they trying to confuse me? I mean, this is why. Oh. I mean, it's not just in America, people. It's not just in America. Everywhere in the world, I command you. Turn off your television! I command you. This is bad for your brain, not good for your health. You can combat it a little bit with the No Agenda show, but this is we can't fight this, John. We cannot fight this. Apparently not. Now, have you heard of Tripwire? Well, we can have fun mocking it. Yeah, we can. Have you heard of Tripwire? Yeah, yeah, I have. Okay, what have you heard about Tripwire? I don't. I can't tell you until you tell me. No, well, you said you've heard of it. Yeah, I have. It's been it's all over the place, but I'm just not at the top of my brain right now, so I can't tell you what it is. It's okay. some... <clears throat> well, so all right. So here's some. the deal. Now, so this comes from WikiLeaks, the code name Tripwire, which of course is immediately suspicious. Is this you're talking about the latest? Is this the thing where? The, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, this is good. I know what it is. All right, then tell me, because I want to... No, I don't know what it is. <laughs> but you said you know what it was. 
I just I was just talking about it last night, as a matter of fact. With Buzzkill Jr., by any chance? Yeah, he's he's been following it. Because I want to know his take on it. I, I'm very interested. Oh, he just left. Oh, why? Well, tell me what your take is, and I'll, it'll remind me what the conversation was, and I can tell you what his take Buzzkill is. Buzzkill Jr. doesn't care about the show, apparently. No, he had to go do something. Okay. Has he he never gr- listens to the Does he have a girlfriend? Show. Yeah, his girlfriend's with him. Oh, he's doing a 77. 7171. Okay. According to WikiLeaks, which got like, and I think they got this from the Stratford emails or something. And supposedly so, so, they got shut down. Well, here it is. The idea is according to former senior intelligence officials, there is a detailed surveillance system. Oh, right, 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 right. That uh, utilizes cameras all across America. And these cameras have facial recognition in them. So right. now, but there's a, there's an extra piece to this that is that uh, that I just heard about today, and this is, comes from New York City. So the code name is Tripwire, which I, I like. You know, Tripwire is kind of you know kind of covert, kind of sounds good. But in New York, they call it the Domain Awareness System. And at the end of the report comes so again. Bear in mind that the idea behind Tripwire is that all these cameras around the United States are wired. They're all reporting back. And by the way, this may be just a surveillance camera. You know, buy one of these Wi-Fi cameras, and uh, and you think that oh, it's just for your home, but maybe it could be transmitting back to some other home base. So bear that in mind as you listen to this report about the domain awareness system from Democracy Now! The New York Police Department's launched a new citywide surveillance system that'll allow police to monitor thousands of cameras around the city and instantly call up detailed information about surveillance targets. The domain awareness system is connected to about 3,000 television cameras stationed around New York City, with more cameras reportedly planned, as well as several hundred license plate readers mounted on police cars and stationed on bridges, tunnels, and streets. It centralizes information, including live video feeds, maps, license plate readers, and city records, allowing police to gain instant access to information about a suspect's arrest records. 911 calls associated with a suspect and related crimes that have occurred in a particular area. It also allows police to track cars associated with suspects and find out where they've been over the past several months. The system was developed by the NYPD and software giant Microsoft, and the city will reportedly get 30% of the revenue when the technology is sold to police forces around the country. So what's interesting here is that this is made by Microsoft. What has Microsoft been propagating throughout living rooms all across the country, all across the world? Yeah, no, this has been discussed, the Connect box. Thank you. Yeah, that little thing. That thing is dangerous. So the so and and by the way, you heard in this report saying that it can detect people without saying they have uh, facial recognition. That's how you detect people, obviously. Well, supposedly the way this operates is that they can if they take what's Adam Curry been doing for the last two weeks, <laughs> and they can put it in the machine, and then they they find your face all over the place, and then they can say, "Oh, he went here, he went there, he went to shopping, then he got back to the house, and they went here," and they could follow you around after the fact because they've recorded all this stuff. This is bull crap. Let's just start right right off with this thing. Facial recognition doesn't work for crap. Oh, a. yes, it does. It's particularly bad with women. It, yeah, it works fine if you stand in front of a camera and it takes a picture of you. And they have, by the way, this is John. to make this. By the way, to make it, to make yourself more paranoid, 
Look at the latest version of Windows 7 where it says, would you like to sign in? Facial recognition. Or go facial recognition so they get a nice shot of your face. It's Windows 8, by the way. And it's also... So Windows 7, too, because I have Windows And it's also on your uh, smartphone. This is how Android is also doing your login with facial recognition. Not with me. No, but they're pushing it. This was at the uh, at the I.O. conference, whatever that Google thing is. They were showing right. the tablet recognizing yeah, you, you, your face. It you, does work. Facial recognition does work. It works like crap. Facebook is... Yeah, if you're standing right in front of it, it works fine. John, no problem. John, Facebook uses facial recognition to tag people automatically in pictures. It may not be 100% fail-safe, but it does work, and it is being implemented, and it's even worse that it doesn't work, because then you could be implicated as a terrorist... Incorrectly. I'm not arguing that point. Now, so I worked with a guy, or I didn't work with a guy, but a guy gave me some information. Guy, One guy, a programmer who developed most of the license plate reading software. He says that if you want to defeat it, uh, just take some mud and throw it at your plate. So you need to have mud on your face all the time? Is that how no. is that how we escape no, the I'm new just, world no, order? No, I'm just telling you about the license plate thing because that's more <laughs> onerous because they'll send you tickets and bills and all kinds of things from that. They're not going to send you a ticket necessarily from your face. I would suspect that hats, uh, you know, the, which the, by the, the way, you painting are... an eyeball under your, uh, you know, painting an eyeball <laughs> under your eyeball. That's one of the things that t- totally screws up the system. He has three eyes. Yeah. You have to take your hat off in many stores. You, I'm just saying you can defeat it. You can defeat it, but in general, you're, people don't go around with their faces smeared with mud or a third eyeball painted on their head. <laughs> this is not the general practice at home in well, front of your connect. Be. <laughs> no agenda recommends painting an eyeball on your head. <laughs> you, know what, what? you know what the solution is? A burqa. The burkas will do the trick. Maybe we should go with that. <laughs> no agenda burkas. I think we need. Can we? Can we do that, or will we get stoned if we uh, if we sell no agenda burkas? I don't know. Is that illegal? You know, Mickey bought a burka. Why? She wants to do a photo shoot. I'm sure it's. Some... Oh right, you already told me this. Yeah. I asked already. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be something that she can be stoned for. It's probably not a good idea. Oh, <laughs> religious depends iconography. It depends on what tribe's burqa she's wearing. Some of them are less sensitive. Ah, uh, wow. I do have an interesting clip, you know, to get back to the Middle East for just a second. Yeah, because it's not good enough that we're being tracked at home by tripwire. That's not yeah, interesting well, I enough. I want to see this. Are you on Twitter today, by the way? Yes, I am. This will come up. Be ready. And I, and what you just said doesn't is not the right way to promote our show. What you need to say is, why, Yes. At No Agenda, we've discussed this, NoAgendaShow.com. In great detail. In great detail. And we've come up with the burqa solution. <laughs> yeah, that'll do the trick. That'll get me up. Yeah, I'll get this will, I guarantee you this is a topic on This Week in Tech today. Okay, I you guarantee. guaranteed once before, and it never happened. You watch. You watch. That. It's going to happen. Okay, I want you to play this clip because uh, this is interesting to me. CIA grabs Iranian. Iranian. Okay. Iranian. Can I play it? Yeah in the Cafferty file. It's a potential gold mine of information on Iran's nuclear program. Gold We're following mine. reports that the United States has convinced an Iranian scientist to defect and bring along with him secrets the Tehran government 
doesn't want the West or the world to know about. <laughs> our foreign affairs correspondent, Jill Doherty, is here working the story for us. All right, to update our viewers, what do we know about this? Okay, the man's name is Shamram Amiri. Uh, we did report on him a few months back. And I think we have a picture that we can show. It comes from Iran's press TV. So he is a nuclear scientist. He was working at a university that is allied with the nuclear program of Iran. He goes to Saudi Arabia to this, the holy sites, and then he disappears. And at that point, Iran says he's been kidnapped by the United States. Uh, however, this new report that came out from ABC News says that actually he defected to the CIA and that he's been given some uh, valuable information. Uh, as you might expect, there's no confirmation coming from the U.S. government, the State Department, anybody officially. But, you know, one of the things, uh, it's, it's a bit murky, Wolf, because it's unclear exactly what he knew. Remember when we were talking about calm, that Okay. So here's the question for you. This actually happened in May of 2008, I think. 2010. Uh huh. So I'm, gl I'm glad you looked it up. <laughs> Did I ruin your. It's question? an old clip. We actually ran this clip before. What has happened since this? It was like this report, it was all over the news. Jaram Mamiri, new twist and mysteries on The Guardian in uh, the July 2010. Turns out he was actually kidnapped in 2009, even though this report ran in May of 2010. And now what? Hmm. It was bulk. The whole thing was just a bunch of, I mean, why are we, why is this even, it's just so annoying to me. I went to back, I've decided to do some, old, take really old clips, the oldest ones I can find and see what happened since. Right. Nothing. You've done pre-production. Well, kind of. What's happened since? Nothing. nothing. We've, heard, we've heard nothing about this. Why don't they wheel this guy out, this uh, Sharam Amiri? Why don't we roll him out and have him say, uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's all true, because this is how the news is portraying the current Israeli-Iran situation. According to a major daily Israeli newspaper, the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and his defense minister would like to strike Iran as early as before the U.S. presidential elections taking place in November this year. Now, amid uh, escalating media reports and expert predictions that such an attack could, in fact, be around the corner... The paper's uh, front page article on Friday, authored by its senior commentators and reportedly based off of conversations with Israel's defense minister, says that if it were up to Benjamin Netanyahu and his minister of defense, Israel would uh, cause a military attack on Iran sometime within the next several months. Importantly, Israel's security cabinet ministers have been resisting such an option for now. What's important here is while Israel is waiting this option, we know, of course, that Iran continues to insist that its nuclear program is for peaceful purposes exclusively, and we have seen the Obama administration be careful in urging Israel to stick with diplomacy. And now, of course, the big question is whether Israel may, in fact, go ahead with such an attack and whether or not it will wait for a green light from Washington. Importantly, experts in this article are quoted to say that if such an attack were to take place before the U.S. presidential elections, this would cause a major embarrassment to Barack Obama, as well as really cast a blow to his success in these elections, because, as we know, his main rival, Republican Mitt Romney, has never excluded such an option. So this would be a prime time to roll this guy out. It would be. I don't think the guy exists. Whatever the case, I, I tried to find some 
something about him since since two thousand July two thousand ten is the last time I could find him. And but in the process, I ran into the great series of articles that took place like earlier this year that say sixteen intelligence agencies say that Iran has no intent of building a, a, a nuclear weapon. And I'm you know this is not being discussed. The whole thing, and by the way, I do think it's possible that if that if Obama had anything to do with bombing uh, Iran now, he could lose the election. So if he did it, I think it would be an attempt to to, to scuttle this his reelection possibly. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So it might be. I see near the end here. I think we're going to see both sides trying to you know do the worst they can. Use this. I mean, yeah, I think Obama this. doing that dirty ad was just great because it's got a lot of bad publicity for him. Dirty ad? What was the dirty ad? Oh, the ad is like... Oh, uh, actually, Howard Stern made fun of this in a recent uh, series of... Uh, you listen to shows. Howard Stern? I went I went out with Butler uh-huh. to go get the pig. Oh, and he has uh, he has uh, Sirius XM? Yeah, so we listened to Stern. Oh, okay. On the way out and back. And... Uh, Stern is really a talent. I mean, it's oh, amazing. Yeah, if only he had. Yeah, if only he did some of it. And you know what? I'm glad he's doing hookers and strippers and stuff. Because he, if he was in our neck of the woods, we'd have a real problem. If he was doing political stuff and news. Oh yeah, he doesn't even know who Ron Paul is. Yeah, no, he's totally, yeah, he's totally just kind of a knee-jerk Republican. Oblivious, oblivious. Yeah. Well, anyway, the, the ad was about Rom. There's a guy comes on the air. I actually had a clip of it, but I decided to, I thought it would be boring. But anyway, the guy comes on. He says, "Oh, you know, uh, our, my steel company was bought up by Bain Capital, and then they kicked, they fired us all. And I lost my health insurance, and then my <laughs> wife died of cancer. Oh, and that Romney one, yeah. killed her. Right. <laughs> it's essentially yeah. the ad. But more importantly, yeah, Romney wasn't even ahead of Bain Capital when this whole thing t- took place. But it's beside the point. It's a really nasty ad, and it's got a lot of negative publicity, even though the, the Obama campaign thinks, ah, this is great. More importantly, you bought a pig? Yeah, oh, yeah. We had a uh, – well, I've gotten uh, – yeah, we bought, well, we bought a pig to eat. <laughs> yeah, let's, I'd like to hear the story about the pig you bought to eat. Did You and Michael Butler bought a pig. We split a pig, yeah. You split a pig. So how yeah, does this process happened? go? Where do you do you go to the pig market, the pig no, store? No, no, we bought this from Future Farmers of America auction at the Alameda County Fair. Do they have a they website? Had... Is do you do this online or you go? No, there? no, you have to go to the auction and you see the pig and you go like, you look tasty. Is that how it works? Well, Butler's approach was low bid, low ball. Every every pig that came <laughs> up until one got through. He didn't really want to buy the pig, is what you're saying? No, no, he wanted to buy the pig, but he was real strict on what he's going to pay. Okay, and even though it's like a tax write-off, and there's a bunch of what? Advantages. Wait a minute, buying a pig is a tax write-off? Well, if you buy a pig at an auction for Future Farmers of America or 4-H at a at a county fair, and you pay one cent over the market price of hogs, and mm-hmm. then at that point, mm-hmm. which you will, because these pigs are not cheap, uh, you get to write off that money as a charitable okay. contribution because the money goes to the kids. Who get to uh, you know it helps them to college to get to go to school. Wait, what kids? I mean, what kid? The kids are the kids who raise the pigs. You took a pig from a kid. Yeah, and apparently the kid was in tears. Oh no! And Martina was there, Butler's daughter, and she says that she doesn't know if she can eat the pig named Rosie. Butler, on the other hand, got a picture with the pig, and so he got this. By the way, the pig is delicious. So, so, uh, so Butler got it, and and the 
the kid, <laughs> apparently they all do this, and you have to kind of, I guess, tolerate it. The kid, a little 11-year-old girl, you know, oh, it's her no. pig, right? it, it, she's it, in tears. Oh, it, was her, it was her pet pig, and you told you took the pig and ate it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a horrible man. You should no, go back and it, you, should, you should go back to the kid and say, "Here, you want some bacon from well, your he pet apologized pig?" Apologized to her, but you know she was raised. <laughs> the pig was raised to be eaten, not to be hanging around the house. Uh-huh. So uh, <laughs> You're a like mean. A, You're a mean old man. <laughs> I wasn't there. You're a horrible it was man. Butler who was the mean old man. Hey, kid, your pig looks delicious. Butler wants a picture with the pig. He wants to know the name of the pig. So anyway, so we went out to so went to the butcher, a great butcher out in Manteca. Hey, wait a minute, wait. Can I ask you? I, I need to understand the process. So you had the pig, and the pig is at this point alive. Yes. So the pig is like squeaky, 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 and you take the. So there's a kid crying over here. Yeah. There's, there's Butler doing Facebook pictures with the pig, and then, yeah. and you're taking the pig to a great butcher. Oh, the butcher's fantastic. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it's a good – it's a Portuguese <laughs> butcher, and they actually make a, a linguiça just at the shop. You have to go there to get it. So anyway, uh, yeah, so we bought a pig, and uh, and there was all – it's a process. I'm going to write a little paper on this and sell it. For ninety nine cents, so people could know how to do this. Like we also bought a Kindle, bought a a Kindle paper. Well, we bought a cow a month earlier, or a, or a heifer from from uh, some kid again. No, no, we bought this from a farm. Then uh-huh. this is the pre. Uh, this is one of the young <laughs> nine. What? I'm sorry. Look, I'm all for uh, eating the pig. Yeah, but the little kid thing is a little disturbing. That, that you it's know, very disturbing. I don't that, like it. That there's some organization that that helps kids raise piglets. 11 years old. I don't, I don't know, you know in, in America, outside of rural America, you know, the, certainly the San Francisco Bay Area, these kids don't understand that pigs are for eating. They're but, in Future Farmers of America. They better learn to understand. This was a future farmer who was crying about yeah. their... Oh, was she like... Apparently really? all the little girls, they raise these pigs they, for their college education, and then they sell the pig, and they're very upset about it because they <laughs> yeah. know the pig is going to get butchered and eaten. You, you, can send, you can tweet her a picture of your ham sandwich. <laughs> I'm sure she'll love it. I'm sure she won't, but it's, you know, that's just the way it is. So anyway, yeah, of course, I, and I'm agreeing with you, but it's the whole idea. Yeah, I know the, the you, whole scene is kind of weird, especially yeah. bizarre in the Bay Area. But I was convinced that there's good eating down here because we do this in Washington. We buy <laughs> pigs and cows and lambs and have them butchered, and uh, it's a more common practice. And where you are in your neck of the woods, right now in Bo- Boise, Boise, there's everybody does it. Yeah, and so we're doing it locally. Even though I have to go all the way to Manteca, which is an hour and a half damn near to get to the butcher because nobody can do this in the Bay Area because it's like too many people put <laughs> signage. No, killing animals is bad. Eat vegetables. So, uh, did, yeah. Did so you we, kill the pig with a machete, though? That's the question. No, you, you, but there, you hire a – it's part of the process. There's a, there's a guy who – we had – there used to be a guy up in Washington called the Zen uh, – the I forgot what the Zen some the Zen killer something like that <laughs> the Zen killer. <laughs> you have these guys who the slaughter guys the guys who kill the animal are specialists. It's not the butcher. And there was this guy called the Zen or other, and he apparently would sweet talk the animal <laughs> to death. <laughs> He'd sweet talk the animal, and then before the animal knew what was going on, then boom, off him. So uh, the animal was more tender. Than he well, now I will say. 
that uh, it is, of course, extremely important that uh, that the animal is not distressed before being butchered. That- the little girl, the little girl <laughs> argues that the animals that are the most loved, that Aww. pigs are the most loved by their by their owner that was raising them, their guardian, uh, are tastier. <laughs> She's totally convinced of this. Well, no, I I agree. I I agree too that. Um, that's like the cows we saw in Utah. I bet you that you know they are really tasty because they seem so incredibly happy, walking around, doing whatever they want to do, drinking from the lake, eating the grass. You know they're not fenced in; they can walk anywhere they want. And you get one of these, and they're going to be really, really good. It's just yeah, and they're then they're not fed up with hormones yeah. and other stuff they can't yeah. do. Yeah. You buy these animals directly from the growers, and you find out what they feed them, how organic it is. The, the cow we bought was uh, totally grass-fed. And then you read it. Turns a, out to be qu- quite mild. And then you read them a haiku. <laughs> and, and then, then boom. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. So, uh, yeah, so, we went to get a pig, and in the process, uh, we uh, listen to Howard Stern. <laughs> Oh, John, it's so nice to be associated with you. Well, I'm looking forward to the Oryx. Oh, yeah. Now, when we get when we get back, uh, we're going to go to Sebastian's place. Sebastian, the the frogman, the, the, the French guy from the market in Austin, he apparently has a license for everything. He has a processing license, a kitchen license. Uh, Mickey was looking at his, uh, at his website. He says, the guy, he's got some awesome stuff. So, uh, And he will uh, make me go and shoot the Oryx. Which I well, think that's going to cost you a lot of money if you do it that way. I well, thought you can just get the over. No, no, we, we're, <laughs> we're we're getting a couple people together. It's a thousand dollars, and I've never I, shot an animal in my life, so I'm not. You know, I'm probably not, miss. No, I will not miss. Um, but I think it is the right thing to do. In the in the circle of life, you know, you know, Mark Zuckerberg. No, please. Yet, yeah, I mean, everything was going so well. Well, he only eats what he kills. He's a douchebag. I don't give a crap about Mark Zuckerberg. Okay, okay, I'm just saying. And now, now I feel like I'm on level with Mark Zuckerberg. You wish? Hey, pfft, no, I don't wish, John. No, I don't. I've been rich. I have no desire to be rich anymore. All right. And certainly well, you're not, not going to get there from here. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry about it. No worries. Not going to happen. Oh, wow. Okay, I think we should end it here while we're on a high note of... Uh, Making eleven-year-old girls cry as you kill their pigs is a, a great. Yeah, okay, well, we got it. Then I want to do an after-show clip. Oh, what's your after-show uh, clip? Uh, two-parter drone show in Vegas. Okay, you know what? Stop, stop. What? I got to do. We can't just do that as an after-show clip. Well, you want to talk about drones? I love talking about drones. Well, Dr- drone? then hit the jingle. Ah. <laughs> What? No, that, that's a different thing. Well, okay, if you want the jingle, then... Win, lose, or drone! That's right, everybody. We've got a drone show going on in Vegas. Here's the man who kills pigs that belong to 11-year-old girls, John C. Dvorak, on Win, Lose, or Drone! Hey, I didn't kill the pig. So, okay, we got the two-parter drone thing. There, you know, we missed this, by the way. I'm very annoyed. If I had known about this show, I would have gone I would have to gone, it. too. I had no idea. You know, listen to it. And it's cool because they have every kind of drone. We Play part one. Douchebags. I can't believe that. 
whether it's on the battlefield or providing security at high-profile events like the Olympics, these days drones or unmanned robots have come to play an increasingly critical role. Well, despite drawing controversy, their capabilities have often proved essential. So what will the drones of the future look like? Well, they've been on display in Las Vegas, and our correspondent, Alistair Leithhead, went to have a look. They're all watching. Underwater, with the latest generation of robot submarines. In the air, flying themselves, usually with a military purpose. Or on land, going where humans can't, and all the time beaming back pictures. Looking at the world's smallest tactical micro-robot, you pull the pin and the robot is on. You then throw it into your target and drive it around the building. So what kind of things are you looking for up there at the moment? Well, it could be just booby traps, people, <laughs> drive it around the building. These are already being used by UK Special Forces and American troops in Afghanistan, but also by police forces and SWAT teams. Drones are being built with the military very firmly in mind, from those which can be sent out to kill or sent to spy on or fire on targets on the ground couple of things. One, in the report, drones flying themselves, i.e. autonomous drones. Second yep. one, finding people through tripwire facial recognition. They didn't say that. No, but I did. Can't believe we missed this show. Yeah, I know. It's, it's very irksome. And it's on the BBC. I didn't see any report about this. Well, I don't know. We're, yeah, no, I, I didn't either. It's just only on the BBC. I, I was just, what? What? <sighs> Drone Anyway, show. part two. Okay, here we go. Drones are becoming more and more sophisticated all the time. Whether it be the full-size helicopters that are flown without a pilot, down to the tiniest little spy drones. And as they move more into civilian airspace, people are worrying about Big Brother, about whether they could be under surveillance all the time. Some police forces operate aerial drones already and will use them more here as U.S. regulations are being relaxed. We were very concerned about Americans taking this as a new normal, that this no! becomes that the surveillance state or the, some, the police state becomes uh, widely accepted by the general public as the new normal. That's not the kind of America that uh, I think most of us want to live in. It's certainly not the kind of America that most of us grew up in. Yeah, wow. Okay, you know what? You're going to get clip of the day for that. I think it was, a, yeah, no, I think it was actually above and beyond my uh, my Obama clip. That was that was actually outstanding, John. Clip of the day because they dropped the meme bomb, the new normal. Wow. Okay, well, we went, we were going to go out on a high with the pig. <laughs> <laughs> Why bother? We didn't get any money. <laughs> <laughs> if you enjoyed the depressing nature of this program, turn off your television, read a book, and go eat a pig. My goodness. All right, next, uh, next show, I think, will be from New Mexico, I believe. I'm not sure. Uh, so continue to follow us on the Hot Pockets Tour. Remember us at Dvorak.org slash NA. Uh, support the show, will you? We're on the road here. And uh, throw a burka on or, or throw a burka over that connect while you're at it. Or mud. Or mud. Or, or paint a third eye on your face. 
<laughs> and we have a No Agenda producer update coming up uh, with Ms. Mickey. She'll be telling you all about uh, what's happening uh, from her perspective here on the Hot Pockets 2009 tour. And that will be on noagendastream.com. Again, thanks to uh, Chris and Lori Brashears and Mike Brashears, Vintage Airframes, for uh, letting us hang out in front of Dottie May. M-A-E, everybody. Coming to you from Gitbo Nation Potato, where you can't get an Idaho potato. In the morning, everybody, my name is Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where you can get an Idaho potato, ironically enough, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back on Thursday right here on No Agenda. There's the family you're born with. Yeah, you're a bigot. I am extremely tolerant. When they opened that Chipotle here, I was the first of my friends to go. And there's the family you choose. Why does a seemingly sane person gestate someone else's child? I need a way to change my daughter's life. $35,000 is a huge chunk of money. And you have no problem with doing this for two men? Oh, no. A family is a family. And love is love. Now, who's going to be the bio dad? I am. Uh-oh. This fall, the creator of Glee brings you the portrait of a family where different is the new normal. I work of a rock and at home of a rock, like what Simon and Garfunkel would refer to as an island. Are those the doctors you work with? Oh my God! This is a nightmare. No, this ain't a nightmare. Last time I checked, it was 2012. Now why don't you take your racist mind back to the past? I feel like I just ate a black and gay stew. Wow. The new normal. Tuesdays this fall, here on NBC. The best podcast in the universe. Shut up, slave. Dvorak.org slash N-A.